0: People freezing their butts off, waiting to worship a rat.
1: Weatherman Phil Connors is spending the day in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania.
0: Phil! Ned!
2: Ned Ryerson! I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show.
3: Bing! Bing!
1: But Phil's about to find out he's not just stuck in Puxatawney.
3: Will you be checking out today, Mr. Connors?
1: Chance of departure today, 100%. He's stuck... (laughs) in groundhog day i'm reliving the same day over and over bill ned ryerson bang do you ever have deja vu mrs lancaster
3: i don't think so but i could check with the kitchen well it's groundhog day
1: (laughs) again at first he was a little anxious
3: bill will you be checking out today mr Collins?
1: i'd say the chance of departure is
4: Eighty (laughs) percent? But now, we could do
5: whatever we want.
4: He's discovering the
1: possibilities.
4: Don't you worry about cholesterol?
1: Why? And living life Mm. like
4: there's no tomorrow.
0: Phil Connors! Ned!
4: Because... There isn't. I am an immortal. I have been stabbed, shot, burned,
1: frozen, electrocuted. I'm a god. You're a god. I'm a god.
4: I'm not the god.
1: (laughs) He's out of his gourd. But to get what his heart wants most What are you looking for, Phil? A date for the weekend? means living this day over again (laughs) till he gets it right.
3: Believe it or not, I studied 19th century French poetry.
1: (laughs) What a waste of time.
3: I study 19th century French poetry.
1: La fille qui j'aime
3: You speak French. Oui.
1: Bill Murray. Andy McDowell. To the Groundhog.
3: I always dreamed world peace.
2: To the Groundhog. And we are back for another week of SVS Fly Fishing Podcasting. Tonight's show brought to us
6: by Predator Flaggear. Check them out at PredatorFlyGear.com.
0: A Rex Hooks. Freshwater
6: and no saltwater. Check them out at A Sims Fishing. Find them at simsfishing.com.
5: Uh-oh. Why not fishing? Why not com?
2: <laughs> hey, tonight's show is coming to you live from the Urban Fly Co.
6: Studios, brought to us by urbanflycompany.com. Hey, if you didn't recognize one of those voices, we got Pogo Pike sitting in with us for our first segment tonight. And uh, what's been up, Pogo?
5: Well, they say I have a, radio, a face for radio, but not for TV, so thanks for letting me do that, guys.
2: You know, we heard that a lot at Fly Tie tonight this week. They're like, You guys really have faces for radio <laughs> I didn't know how to take That's that. Great. <laughs> so uh hey, what's what's new? What's happening, brother?
5: Well, thanks for having me on. It's Super Bowl Sunday and Groundhog's Day. That was so cool. Um yeah, just uh, you know, getting through the winter here and it's it's kinda been going well. We as you guys know, we um Myself and a few friends um, put out are putting out a you know a short film, fishing film um, that's going to be live on my not live but it's going to drop on Thursday this Thursday the sixth on my YouTube channel. So if you just go to Pogo, uh, go to YouTube and type in Pogo Pike, Um, and if you want to do that today or you know the next couple days and give us subscribe, you'll get notified when it drops. I think you guys might have seen some of the teasers that we put up.
2: Yeah, man, we did. It looks great.
5: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's just really a kind of a feel good short film about fishing and friends and you know, the community of fishing and just, you know, it's kind of how I sang your guys' praises when we first met and what your, what SVS has meant to the fishing industry and the community, how it's brought people together. You know, I've met some of your guests um, like myself in person and fished with them and, and and had a great time and um, you know, just, just really kind of the message is, and again, it's ten thirty in the morning here in Connecticut on Super Bowl Sunday, so <laughs> I'm not I'm not totally clear headed just yet. Uh, the coffee hasn't kicked in, but I'll try to give you the best description or explanation of like kind of what our thought, my thought process was when I had a vision for this is, you know, in the fishing world, we all, especially on social media, we all want that grip and grin, and we all want to catch that fish, whether it be a pike or a muskie a trout or a saltwater bucket list fish. And that's great and that really is an awesome trophy and that really is a memorable experience that we'll take with us, you know, for the rest of our lives. But I I always said when I got into this sport of fly fishing and and especially the esox game and guiding clients and and being on the water with clients and being on the water with friends and new friends and old friends, there I always felt that the real trophy was the relationships and the people that you meet and you know, just like us, you know, we don't really know a lot about each other, really, our personal lives, but, you know, you have that camaraderie and that common bond of fishing or fly fishing specifically, and it, it, the, the the relationships are endless, and you just become, like, lifelong friends with people, and I mean, I like, if you guys called me at four in the morning and said, I'm stuck on 80 somewhere in Pennsylvania, Pogo, and no one else is picking up the phone, I'd probably drive out and help you, and we don't, you know, that that's kind of like the bonds that you build and that's, and I just keep on saying over and over, that's the real trophy in this sport. And I think we lose sight of that with, you know, with social media, with how busy our schedules are and family and obligations, but you know, that's really where the, that this opportunity of fly fishing in our community to help each other, uplift each other in life, you know, rather than, and I know there's a lot of drama on social media sometimes, inside the fishing industry, outside the fishing industry. But I, I, I just wanted to take a moment and have everybody kind of recognize what's really going on here, what's really important, you know, if that makes any sense to you guys.
2: Oh, it does. And how many people sure. were actually in the video? I know you you had a small group of, of guys getting together. And like you said, and uh, girls, some for the first time. And girls. Yes, and yep. gals.
5: <laughs> yeah, so the, we had about 10 people involved, and, That was everything from there was a few people that were just helping out with like fishing friends and buddies and girls that were just helping out with the logistics of planning all this. And, you know, the days that we were filming on the water with shuttles and boat rides and lunches and scheduling. And then we had a party one night after on a Saturday night, like the last the second to the last day of filming. So and then actually in the film, I believe there's about six of us that are kind of featured in the film.
2: So were the cameras rolling on that? next to last night party.
5: Yeah, we got yeah. we got a little <laughs> bit. Uh my buddy Matt, if if anybody wants to check him out, it's uh Matt Nugent Media. He's a good friend that I met out when I lived in San Diego um years ago and we've stayed in touch and became friends and he he uh he's kind of an aspiring filmmaker. So it's you know, it's 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 not like the highest of highest of highest of highest quality that you might see at a film festival, but that's really not the point here. The real message is trying to spread the word about just the whole fly fishing community and our fishing community. And obviously the name of the film is, um, you know, uh, for the love of fishing, what ties us together. And, uh, yeah, Matt, Matt did get a few, he did get a few after hours things. that I asked him to cut out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so
5: speaking of, Matt, we, we got some of it.
2: <laughs> speaking of Matt, you, uh, you guys did something cool with him on the boat. He picked up a rod and got to find his first fish, right?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, he got yeah, he got a smallmouth like on the third cast. Um, you know, nice like sixteen inch chunker. Nice. And then um right before we were gonna get him back on the camera, we went through like a little a little run in the river and he ended up catching a pike. Like, you know, he would pike, kind of quote unquote pike fished for twenty thirty minutes and got a smallmouth and a pike, so he was ecstatic.
2: Mm-hmm. You can't beat that, man. That's a good way to break someone yep. in. <laughs>
5: Yeah, yeah, then, exactly, sen- exactly.
2: Then send him home to uh, San Diego where there are no pike or smallmouth. <laughs>
5: <laughs> he's chomping at the bit to come back. We like, well, you guys know how we create monsters in the Sox game. Well, he's got bit by the bug,
2: man. But he he should be able to uh to tap that vein out there with a uh, carp and other fish. You think?
5: Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, when I lived in San Diego, you know, social media was like in its infant stage. So, and I was really busy working at the time. I worked for GE Capital, so I was traveling a lot and working a lot. So I wasn't wasn't fishing as much. But now that I follow some of the guys out there, they're doing some cool stuff out in Southern California.
2: Have you uh, you been guiding throughout the winter?
5: You know, I have. It it's so funny, and um, I know you guys are sticking fish, which is awesome. You know, it's the it, same thing up here in northern Connecticut. We're getting a mild winter. Um, you know, we've got uh, – I, I, we, we did good. We, one of my clients got a 35. One of my clients got a 37-inch pike. So we got a 35, a 37 here in the new year. Um, and I'm sorry. No, we got a 35 and 37 before the holidays. And then what, two of my clients um, got a couple fish. Like, you guys had that same warm-up where it was, like, 65 on the weekend? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the water was warming up, warming up, warming up. And two of my clients wanted to go that weekend. I said, listen, it's going to be really windy and it's going to be 65, which sounds good. But that water is just going to increase on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. If you guys can wait to Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, the, the, you know, the winds are going to be fine. The water temperature is going to be holding. It's going to be at the tail end of this warm-up. I, I got a feeling that we're going to have some good action, and we sure did. I went out with two clients, on, one on Monday and one on Wednesday. One guy went one for four um <clears throat> caught his first pike on the fly which was probably not not a huge one but probably like 31 32 and then one of my other clients ended up getting a went one for two the the, the the Wednesday and got a 30 a 31 and like a 28 which is really awesome just to be on the water in January and just like what you guys are doing and have that opportunity and and the rivers and the and the lakes not being frozen at the moment
4: uh well, they are now
5: but they weren't you know a couple of weeks ago so it was kind of good to get out there and, Good to shake off the dust and just, you know, be on the water in January. It was kind of special here for northern Connecticut.
2: Yeah, man, this is bonus time for us.
5: Mm. So you guys are getting this warm-up here in the next couple of days, right? I mean, it's going to be like 50 here in Connecticut. Yep, same
6: yeah, here. 51 tomorrow, and then 45-ish and 46, upper 40s for a few days.
5: Are you guys going to play hooking on the water?
0: <laughs> I got to work.
6: I'm, I'm
2: going would... tomorrow with one of uh, Dave Huff's buddies.
5: Oh, really? Good.
2: Yeah. I think his name's Dick, but I'm not positive.
5: Okay. All I know okay. is fly or die. That's, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you guys going for muskies?
2: Yes. Yeah, He. I said, what do you oh. want to go for? He said, uh, well, since the Monster Mash, all I want to do is go catch muskies. I said, we can do that. <laughs>
5: <laughs> that's That's awesome. That's awesome. And I, I listened to your Tommy uh Shank uh podcast the other day. I, I finally got around to listening to that about his building the rods. That was actually a really good episode. You guys asked really good questions. That was kinda cool.
2: Well thank you very much.
5: Yeah, yeah. Um I, I have no 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 um inclination of building my own rod, but it sounds pretty cool.
2: <laughs> it does. It it sounds like a, a good hobby to uh
5: waste a lot of time on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's I that's all I need is one more hobby, or you I'm sure you guys do.
2: I know. Uh, speaking of that, I saw you cast him one of Tommy Shank's rods uh, with Pete mana With who? Wasn't it Pete mana,
5: Oh yeah, Pete Mania. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh dude, that yeah, he's the best. You guys should try to get him on there, on here. He is. He's a personality. Go- oh yeah. Yeah, you guys know much. Of, you guys, you guys know a lot about him, right?
0: Wonder if we know anyone that can help us out with getting him on.
5: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I totally would. If you guys want want that, I I totally could reach out to him. Yeah, he was really great. So Kyle Sorensen from um, Northern Wisconsin, uh, I became friends with. I won. How I met Kyle is we won the Muskie tournament, the Treeland Muskie tournament in 2017 together. I think I might have told you guys that story the last time. One of my when I was a guest, we just became friends like three days earlier. Like, Hey, I'm doing this tournament. Do you want to go? He's like, yeah, we ended up winning the tournament. So obviously we became really close friends and he's like working a lot with Pete on his, Pete Mania on his um, uh, YouTube videos and, and other videos and things of that nature. So they wanted to do a fly fishing versus gear fishing uh, episode for his YouTube channel. So, and I've been following Pete on social media for God, I don't know, five, six years, and he is a personality, and he is just like he is on his videos. He's a, such a good man, full of good energy, positive energy, a fishy guy, has so much knowledge. So to spend the day on the water with Kyle and, and Pete was really a trip.
2: The one thing that video was missing was more pogo. They, they'd show you casting, <laughs> they'd show you figure eight, and then they'd cut to Pete Mania talking, and then they yeah. show, show more of you and then cut to Pete talking. They need more pogo talking. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well,
5: you know what, what happened was we had like a really fishy day lined up and those guys put a lot of thought into it. Um, but one thing we didn't expect or wasn't even really on the radar was the wind. Um, you know, so it was like 15 to 25 mile an hour sustained winds, and we were fishing a lake. So the fishing wasn't really that conducive that day, both for Pete with the gear rod and myself with the fly rod, but the cool thing was I was throwing Tommy Tommy Shanks Chippewa River custom rod. I have his 12 weight, and I had 700 – I brought it with me on purpose because I saw the wind change. So I had 700 grain on that rod with probably a 14-inch wet sock fly, and I was waterloading the shit out of it and just sending it. Like there was some casts in the wind. I probably cast it 110 feet, um, just sailing it in the wind. And Pete was like, holy shit, that's pretty impressive, Pogo. But, um, unfortunately, it just didn't make good for good fishing. We had a really bluebird sky day that we were supposed to have overcast um, conditions. So, the moral of the story is it didn't get really fishy that day. So, I don't, you know, you know we it wasn't, that's why Pete wants to do a rematch. Um, so, yeah, Pogo wasn't really a, a featured person in that wind. So
0: you, guys <laughs> was, you were in Wisconsin for
5: that? Yeah, I was in Wisconsin for that, yep. That was this past fall but I had a couple of days off from guiding.
6: And there was one fish caught.
5: Yeah. Yeah. So Kyle Sorensen was, was dragging a sucker off the back of the boat while Pete and I were fishing in our little competition. And of course the sucker went off.
2: <laughs> so what happens then? Does Pete pick up the camera and you pick up the net or? What?
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see the film Pogo <laughs> struggling with this 60 pound year net. Have you ever, ever used one of those? No dude the the basket on it when the basket gets wet like seriously like if you know if you didn't eat your weedies that day you're kind of screwed and i'm over there like holy shit i'm not used to this because you know we, we have those folding nets the the with the stowmaster nets with a yeah. thin thin basket and, you know you could scoop it in the water this thing because they have the gear guys use that big big rope net so the the hooks don't get stuck in the net and the fish thrash around. and Everything gets tangled. So it's very, a very thick rope uh, basket. And dude, dragging that thing through the water was like, you know, trying to take your, you know, your big winter blanket and stick it in the water and pull it as it's soaked. It was tough. So I ended up netting the fish for Kyle um, on the sucker. Yeah. Uh,
2: one more thing. Uh, your girlfriend caught a, a muskie on one of my flies.
5: Dude, yeah, we haven't talked about that. That's no, right. We yeah, I, I, t- I texted you that picture, I think, that evening or the next day. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was pumped when I got that picture. I was like, oh, that's fucking cool.
5: Dude, so. I think I, I, I told you guys that story on the air, but right? Did I tell you Kate's story on the air?
6: Yeah. Yeah, right before you think you guys went is N- when we talked. No, no. We, last time we talked, you had
2: just picked her up from the airport, and you had 15 minutes of service on your way back to your place in Wisconsin.
5: Oh dude, you guys got two more minutes for this story? It's so good. Oh, we, yeah. got, we, we have, have all day. We got
2: nothing but time <laughs> for pogo.
5: And th- and this is live? Uh
2: it will be when I post it as soon as we're done.
5: <laughs> oh, okay, 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 cool. No, I am just curious. So yeah, it's such a it's such a great story. So you sent me you sent me those flies, uh, Chad, what was that? In like September? Uh,
2: yeah, it was early September, I think.
5: Yeah, it was early September. It was right before I, I was packed. Like, well, I left for Wisconsin like on September seventeenth, I think. You know, I drive my stealth craft out there and I get set up and you know do my thing with the tournament. I guide and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, you sent me the flies. I literally grabbed that box, make sure I had it, drive out there. So, Kate, you know, she's been she grew, she lived in Colorado for many years, so she trout fished a little bit with some friends out there on the you know fly fishing, but not really. And then. We've been together for three years, and and for the first year and a half, um, now she well first year and a half she was spin fishing mostly like we, we go pike fishing or musky fishing, and she got a handful of pike and smallmouth and a couple muskies out in Wisconsin on the spin rod, but Kate is a very strong-willed redhead, <laughs> and she's <laughs> like I am going to learn how to fly fish like you guys do for pike and musky, and I'm like okay, so last year just this time last year she started pick up the fly rod and. She was casting an eight-weight and a nine-weight for pike, and um, she got her first pike in the spring on the fly rod. And no matter where you lived in the country, you probably probably heard her scream when we netted it. She was so (laughs) jacked. Um, And then, so then she fished all summer, and she was, like, towards, like, August, September, when you sent me um, the urban uh, Fly company, Flies, um, I was, you know right about that time she, we were getting ready to leave for absolutely for Wisconsin and she was getting really geared up for Wisconsin. Like, you know, so she was like really practicing and focusing on her figure eights and like, you know, the best situation you could ask for, whether it be a client or friend, she was so focused, listened to everything I taught her. She was catching pike and then we got to Wisconsin and I had two days off and we, her and I fished with myself, her and a buddy. And oh, I'm sorry, three days off in a row. I planned that cause Kate was going to be there. And she didn't get anything the first day. She didn't get anything the second day. And the third day um, on the Tommy Shanks eight weight, actually, um, it was like the third, yeah, it was, a, it, was the last, it was the end of the third day. There was an hour and a half of light left, and her arm was smoked. She was exhausted. She didn't stop casting for three days. But she ended up getting her first muskie, which was a small one, it was about 30 inches. And I have video of that celebration, it's hysterical. But um so she got her first muskie and then I had a client for three days and it was just a single client, so she hung out in the back of the boat. She fished a little bit. The client was like, Cool, if she wants to fish, that's fine. But he ended up getting his third day as well, he ended up getting a forty seven inch right at like kind of the middle of the last day. He was out from Connecticut. Because most of my clients came from, you know, come from Massachusetts and Connecticut and New York. So he ended up getting a fish. So then we had the weekend and it was Kate's birthday weekend. I know this is getting a little long winded, but it's worth it. No, oh, so, you're going, you're <laughs> keep going, man. Keep going. So Saturday, Saturday, we fished with myself and Kate and uh, one, one, uh, Kate's, one of Kate's girlfriends slash mutual friend, and, and and we didn't catch anything. And it was like you know, literally like it was buddy fishing. So beers came out at like one o'clock, you know, we had the we had the you know the the, the whiskey um, uh, bottle that came out about three o'clock, and we were like, oh, this is a tough day of fishing. <laughs> so Sunday was her birthday and we didn't catch anything on Saturday. It was Sunday was her birthday and the conditions kind of got better in Wisconsin. The water warmed up a little bit because the two days prior, we had some sun and we had a big dump of weather before that. And it warmed up a little bit it was her birthday. And we were out for beers and dinner that night in Wisconsin. And she just kept on saying to everybody, all I want for my birthday is a figure eight muskie. That's all I want. And, so Sunday comes, we get out there at ten o'clock. We got to start a little, start a little late, and we're fishing, 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 and I'm rowing her, her and her girlfriend, and um, she's laser focused, laser focused, and she's like, "Dude, I really don't like this fly. What do you think?" So, I, in my box, I see your flies, I see the Urban Fly Company flies. And I'm like, "This fly is really sexy. I've been dying to try it." So that's that. It was like that reddish pattern that you made.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't know if
5: you, yeah, with the two hooks. Yeah, I remember them yep so i'm like kate let's try let's try a chad fly she's like yeah that, that looks really good and it was like perfect weight perfect balance so we put that fly on and she, we're fishing for another like 10 minutes and with my big jet felt craft you know it's a sixty forty jet we were like probably 10 yards from a set of rapids which i wasn't plan. i couldn't go down with my boat so we were fishing like between rapids which was maybe like three miles of water so we're getting close to these rapids, but I know fish hang out in this corner sometimes, and I'm rowing and I'm rowing and I'm rowing, and she's laser focused. So all I hear, because she's, she's in front of me in the, you know, in, the, in the front of the boat as we're going downstream, she's right in front of me, I'm on the oars, and all I hear is like, oh my god, it's a huge muskie! And I'm like, don't stop, figure eight. And she's like, no shit. And she's figure eight and figure eight. And she's like, oh, my God, there it is again. And then the third figure eight, the thing ate it. Apparently, I couldn't see because it was kind of off the back of the boat. But all I saw was these boils. And I shit you not, guys, Kate lined it up, stuck the rod right at the fish, let him eat it for a second, like textbook, and then just strip set as hard as she could. She lifts the rod. The fish is thrashing, goes underneath the boat, goes around the boat, then she gets it back to the side of the boat where I was standing on with the net and she literally like fought it like a champ. She's like, Get it, get it now, get it now. I'm like, Hold on a second, like give it a second. It was only it was on for like maybe ten seconds. It was thrashing. So she finally just like really took Tommy's eight weight jack the thing in the net like a man i scoop it and she was jumping up and down at the back of the boat i thought she was going to break my my transom she was just so stoked so excited it was like the perfect birthday present you could possibly ask for and it was on your fly my friend
2: oh yeah that's a great that's story awesome. it felt like i was there and it was a oh, nice oh, fish
5: yeah i get a, i get a little long winded i'm sorry but it was it was, it was, a great was just description. so I, you, i'm going to text you guys the celebration video you guys have to watch the celebration video because grace that was in the front of the boat she was watching the whole thing going on so she literally was started videotaping when kate was on her iphone started taping it or filming it as soon as as soon as she hooked the fish so we've got the whole net thing we've got kate celebrating it is hysterical but here's the funny thing now at this point we were like four yards from these rapids so I have to try to net this thing, make sure we don't die going down the rapids or don't even get to the rapids. <laughs> net this thing, let her jump up and down and not fall out of the boat, and then drop the anchor. It was like it was like a 30-second shit show. But as you guys know, as muskie fishermen, that's what it's all about.
2: Oh, that is. Oh, for sure. That's what you live for. It's hell in mm-hmm. a handbasket.
5: Yeah, that's what it's all about. So I have a question for you guys.
2: We might have an answer. You ready?
5: <laughs> when are we fishing together? Huh. Hmm
2: um how's june sound
5: june could be june could be great yeah i mean if you guys want to come up here yeah um which i you, i like invited you guys june would be a great month
2: all right how yeah. uh when you were driving from back from wisconsin you passed the youngstown exit how far was it for you from there six
5: six of a uh gps says six and a half all right that's not that bad we can yeah.
2: make we can make a weekend trip of that or a long weekend
5: yeah, dude, and you guys, I, we have a spare room, we have a couch, you know, we, You know, when I, when we did the film that we're um, putting out that's coming out, like I said, this Thursday on my YouTube channel, if you guys don't mind giving, just letting everybody know where it is, just go to YouTube, type in Pogo Pike, give a subscribe, and you'll get notified, but when we did that for the Love of Fishing, What Ties Us Together film, we had like eight people at the house for like, you know. Well, one time, probably four or five at a time, but we had a, eight, eight, ten people in and out for a week. So it's all about just having a fishy time and having some fun off the water, and you guys would love it.
2: So if if you have a couch that Jake can sleep on, do you have an ottoman for his nose? <laughs> you gotta bring dude, it, dude. I
5: literally, I literally just spit out my coffee. <laughs> Sorry, Jake. I haven't seen Jake's nose, but I literally just spit out my coffee.
6: It's all over my dashboard. You know, on the way here, I was thinking the way that the way that I'm the three of a, us, hold on, the I'm way the three of us of all get on top of each, or all get on each other. Uh, I'm surprised any of us have any self-esteem and or uh, self-worth <laughs> at all. We keep each other humble, that's for sure.
5: I, Chad, I'm texting you this right now. You guys are the best. I'm gonna text. I'm gonna text this to you right now. You gotta see the coffee all over my my screen on my on my truck. <laughs> oh my god!
6: Well, even if we come up and stay, dude, we gotta. There has to be some kind of filming going on. We will have to get a video too, or something. At least get a good video of the nose. For God's sakes.
5: <laughs> you guys are the best. Uh, don't listen to them, Jay. <laughs> oh, it's all right. Chad's
6: fat and bald, so.
5: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's true.
6: <laughs> I that's just walked just out to terrible. grab some
2: beers, and my stepdad said, "That shirt doesn't fit you anymore, fatty."
6: So, well, that's a Weezer shirt from when you were 18 years old, Chad. No, no wonder his the bottom of his belly hangs out the bottom of it. You see his hair, his little belly button. It's a midriff. It's a midriff. <laughs> it's
5: a midriff. Chad, did you get the photo?
2: Uh, let me look.
6: <laughs> oh, this went south quick. Oh, it did. <laughs> And then uh like next time you uh head up back up, back from uh <laughs> Jesus. Oh <my> <laughs> Next time you head back from Wisconsin you got to stop in here and uh you know see what our little local has to offer sometime
5: Well well that's yeah that's what i mean, too like if you guys get a window here in February and I've got some time I would love to even come up to you guys or in, in March I'm going to Kentucky and Virginia to do some muskie fishing but yeah I would love to do that this year Chad was offering that and I I actually had a boogie back from Wisconsin. Um, one of my family members was not, not anything urgent, but was in the hospital. I kind of left Wisconsin a day early just to get back to be with my family, and everything worked out well. But, yeah, I, I'm I'm totally open to that.
2: Hell, yeah, man. You you always have a yeah. spot here. We have a spare bedroom. And we have two spare bedrooms if uh, you and Kate oh. don't sleep in sin, you know?
5: Okay, okay. <laughs> That's a joke.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, That's... we always have room here for for pogo's and uh pogo buddies, um, yeah, man. So, what's a uh, what's the year looking like for you? Shaping up. You said you got Kentucky trip coming up.
5: Yeah, so um, I've got uh, I'm going to see Dave Huff. Um, myself and a bunch of buddies are going to see Dave Huff down in Kentucky in the middle of March. We're gonna a bunch a bunch of us are gonna fish for about three days together, like I think about six of us. We're gonna have a little powwow, and then um, I'm gonna head over to Virginia and fish the the new river hopefully uh yeah no it's planned but i'm gonna try to get over there and uh, get that knocked out and go just go kind of see virginia um i had plans to fish virginia last year but it got blown out in the time that we had scheduled so i'm gonna try to get over there with the blue ridge muskie guys and then um we head back to connecticut right after that probably like that's like around march 15th and then i'm already starting to book some trips for the end of march and april um for Pike and, and, uh, up here in Connecticut. And then, uh, you know, kind of run the season for April, May, June, July, August, early September, up here in Northern Connecticut for Pike and smallmouth, Um, and then head back out to Wisconsin, um, this fall for, uh, for the month of October to do some musky fish and musky guiding. So pretty much the same schedule and, and things, uh, things are all going in the right direction and just, you know, kind of enjoying, enjoying the enjoying the little time off here in January. It's been nice to kind of catch up on things and work on some social media and my YouTube content that I've had built up. And I actually uh, putting out a fly tying video this month as well. It's going to be on my YouTube channel. It's just, uh, it's one of my favorite patterns, one of my favorite kind of style flies. I'm going to put that up on YouTube. So just been working on that stuff, and uh, you know, just excited that this nice weather is right around the corner.
2: Can you give us some teasers? What a, what size fly is it? Double, single?
5: It's an it's articulated single hook. So I think I, when you guys and I chatted back last year when we first met. Um, I, I'm big on, like, the shank up front and then a, a barrel swivel and a split ring to a, a hook with, you know, um, articulated style, uh, you know, jointed fly. Um, so just kind of showing that. The video that we made for, for that is just kind of showing how to build that from start to finish. And it's kind of a pike size fly, but as you guys know, it's just if you want to – I mean, you obviously can catch musky on those, or if you want to beep up the, the length, you can always do it. But it's just kind of showing the format and style of how to build that from head to tail.
3: Hey, Pogo,
0: that's – I mean, I've tried 9 million styles with musky flies, and that's one thing I've thought of doing but haven't. Do you get a nice, like, a sink rate with it by adding in the extra weight for the barrel swivel?
5: You know, you You do, yeah. You know, and a lot of people always ask, do you put rattles and things? And I'm like, no, I generally don't because I think that hardware is clinking and clanking, you know, with the, the, the barrel swivel split ring and then the hook and the shank. It's kind of like loosey-goosey. Yeah. It's always like kind of making that noise. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just, you know, it's just, it's been, it's been a very durable fly. Um, it's been, the action on it is always really consistent. Um, and I think, especially for guiding, um, and muskies, you know, when you're kind of out there grinding and and off conditions, that back hook, I know they hit the head of it a lot, but sometimes when, um, you know, you get newbies in the boat or things like that, that trailer hook on it seems to hook up more than just a, a, a single hook, you know, fly with just one hook up front. Um, and then, So that's kind of my thought process there and then with the barrel swivel and the split ring man it really spins so when you're fighting a fish you're not wearing a hole in it as much um you know it's in his mouth it's kind of just staying tight and then and then the head of the fly can spin and rotate um and just like the fly that you sent me chad the you had it was articulated with a hook up front and a hook in the back um you know it's just the same style just minus the hook up front and then you have the the barrel swivel and split ring built in no wire so there's no it's really more of a confidence thing over time with that fly um and then the other thing was i like about that style fly that's going to be on my youtube channel this month is um if the tail like two years ago a bunch of i had a bunch of clients out in wisconsin for like a week these two groups of guys and they were awesome this one fly was hot we caught like six six or seven muskies on it in like eight days but that so the tail just the bucktail and the feathers just started like slowly dissipating and and getting ripped out of there by all those musky teeth so the fly was so hot one night after fishing i just took took the tail off the uh split ring and put a new uh hook in the vise spun up a new tail and slapped it back on there and it was like brand new
0: that's that's a good idea that's I think I mean everyone if has their know, own if you're benefit into like too, you I know that it's...
5: like that lucky fly concept like we are it kind of could go a long way.
0: Yeah, I mean I think like everything from like two hooks to a shank hook I mean, everything got its benefit in its own way but something like that's definitely a that's a slick idea.
5: Yeah, and it's not it's not my idea. I don't know who I got it from but uh, I don't take credit for it for any of that but it, it it just seems to be you know doing this for 10 years now it just seems really durable holds up really good for, you know, really getting a hook driven in a fish, you know, especially if you kind of, you know, tie, don't time it as quickly or, or too quickly or things like that, that trailer hook seems to really get in. But I do, you know, I do believe in two hooks as well. know um, I always debarb my hooks, which is just, you know, a big thing for me, uh, especially when you get in a shitty situation where you might need, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, jaw spreaders and things of that nature where it gets a little hairy in a big fish's mouth or, even the small fish, you know, like I've noticed with pike, these smaller guys, I like can hail everything. So, you know, sometimes you're, you know, you got a, a 18 to 25 inch pike, and the thing's down its throat. So, the barbless really helps a lot, just kind of getting it out and keeping the fish safe.
2: Hey Pogo, I know you run you run for your bite guard, right?
5: Yeah, I yeah do, I do. Do
2: yep. you have any issues with the small pike biting you off with their puppy teeth?
5: Dude, yeah. It's ha- not, not with the 80 pound that I use, but when I back, like just a couple of years ago, I've been, I've, I've been bitten off on 60, a uh, 50 and 60 on small pike with all those damn teeth they have.
2: Do you never, you yeah. never want to go wire? I I don't get, so, I don't have a dog in the race, you know, what yeah. I'm just wondering.
5: Yeah, no, actually, absolutely. So, you know, it's such a evolving kind of answer to that, and it's an evolving um, thought Mm -hmm. process in my Polish brain. (laughs) Um, So, like, what I've noticed bite-offs over the last, you know, 10 years of doing this is I see bite-offs with pike way more in early spring than I do any other time of the year, both with pike and muskie. It's it's, I don't know if they're growing new teeth or the smaller fish, like, they're just aggressive and inhaling it. So, what I do with clients in the spring is... Um, If it's like going to be their first pike ever on the fly in the spring, I will throw wire on for them sometimes because I don't want them to get bit off on their very first pike, you know, especially in the spring when I start to see a trend of these spring pike, just inhaling stuff and having some really sharp teeth and the smaller ones getting jabby. Um, But that's really about it, Chad. And then after that, I just use that um, Quattro high seas fluorocarbon. It's 80 pounds. It's, super dense and super abrasion resistant. And that's my go-to for pike and muskie now, except during that window in the spring and and depending on who's in the boat with me.
2: And do you tie knots in that or are you crimping it? The, the flora?
5: No, I'm, I'm tying knots very carefully. Yeah. I'm tying knots with it. Um, I've chipped a tooth on it, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I'm tying knots with it with um, tools now.
2: (laughs) One more thing. Uh, You, you had a video of a pike release video. And then, uh, you obviously went to fish with Pete Mayna and that's the first time I ever saw him was his musky release videos. Did you guys, uh, do a little bit of talking about that while you're fishing?
5: No, we didn't. We didn't actually No, Um, but that's a great, that's a great point. And I, and I, and next year I'm definitely going to chat with that about it. Cause yeah, he has what one video is it the, he has the one where he has the like big musky mount.
2: Yeah. That's the one I, that's the first time I ever saw him was that video.
5: That's probably – it's so funny you say that. It's probably like when I got introduced to him years ago on social media was I was looking for a video on how to handle pike and muskie when I was kind of new at this. I was doing it, but I didn't know if I was doing it like it, as, as the best I can, both for my safety and the fish's safety, right? It's all about catch and release. So I, I saw that, and that's one of the things that spawned me on my – if you go to like my YouTube channel, I'm sure you guys have seen my how to handle – uh, sa- how to safely handle e That was what inspired that to put make that video with my friend Jeff from On the Flycast, who's a who's a media guy. Um, You know, just kind of spread the word of what I learned over the years and what works and what doesn't work both for our safety and the fish's safety. And I've got a lot of good feedback on that video. Um, You know, I would say just kind of shot from the hip. We didn't really script much. Um, We did get a figure eight fish on that video, as you guys probably remember, which was kind of cool which we weren't expecting, obviously. And to get a fish like that on a figure eight while you're filming is like hitting a lotto. But yeah, yeah. Pete, I, I got to talk to Pete about that. That's a really good point. Cause I think we, I think there needs to be more of that um, out on the social media world and, and the internet of how to safely handle these guys.
2: Yeah, for sure. And like I said, those are the two that I stick or the stick out in my brain is yours and his. And then I saw the video oh, cool. of you. I saw the video of you guys fishing together. I was like, oh, I wonder if that's what brought them together or not. You know?
5: Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's a great point. It's so. Thank you for reminding me. You guys are smart. <laughs> <laughs> I got to talk to Pete about that next time I see him. That's 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 really uh, that's really a good point. But I mean, I mean, how are you guys working with tools and things like that when you're hooking muskies and pike?
0: I mean, I carry just a standard pair of Sog multi-tool on me. My and yep. I mean, i've got the jaw spreaders and everything in there but in all reality every fish recently over the last three months has all came on the figure eight so a lot of them been drilled right through the top of the upper mouth i mean yesterday oh, i man. had one eat oh he probably ate finally got one to eat probably 40 foot out and that fish was right in the side i went in to try to get it out he thrashed around a couple of times with me and next thing i know the fly was laying there
2: uh, so i really awesome. haven't
0: had any issue it's all been figure eight and Probably the last four fish I've caught, the hooks come out in the net, so I don't have to <laughs> I hadn't had to worry about it.
5: That's great. And yeah. is that debarbed or barbed?
0: Oh barbed. barbed. I do not debarb hooks. No, I'm not a not a believer in that.
2: Barb for me as you well, de- just because I'm lazy.
5: Yeah, no, no, it's it's all good. Especially with yeah. like, I like debarb for pike more. I mean, I definitely debarb my 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 musky hooks as well. Most of the time, sometimes you forget, or sometimes you're like, well, you know. Anyway, it's a long, that's a whole other conversation for another day. But, um, you know, I, I really like barb for pike just because they're, a, you know, on, on average they're a smaller fish and they have a smaller mouth and more things can go wrong with their gills and, you know, a deeper hook set. With muskie, you know, I kind of lean towards I'm a little bit more open-minded to both barbed or barbed, but I've seen that many times with barbs or barbed You get them in the net, you take the pressure off, the hook comes right out. Yep.
2: I got another question yeah. about the debarb. Do you do that for Pike more because you're fishing with more rookie anglers and casts have a, a tendency to go into somebody?
5: Yeah, yep, yep. That's safety first, right? Um, I, always carry, I always carry extra sunglasses on my boat in case a client doesn't show up without sunglasses. You know, safety first, and then debarbing for that reason, exactly, and then also mostly for the safety of the fish. Um, and then, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much uh, my go-to thing with pike. And like I said, their mouths are smaller, man. Like I've seen, you know, you catch like a a Jack Pike. I mean, he's the future of your body of water and you don't want to hurt him. You want to treat an 18 inch pike just as well as a 40 inch pike. So, you know, the D barb has gone a long way over the years and the safety of releasing.
2: So have you been doing much exploring this winter? Uh, I know last year all the rivers were high for you and you end up doing some lake fishing. Have you been uh, yes. exploring some new areas, getting ready for the spring?
5: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny you say that because one of my clients uh, had a really good day and a bigger body of water here in Connecticut that's more of a lake environment because the river was just a little bit too ripping and the ice was melting, and we had a good day down there. So, yeah, when I got back from Wisconsin this fall um, and the winter and the opportunities we had in November, December, and January, um, I would say probably like 30% of the time I hit some – some of those bigger bodies of water and exploring new sections and going at, getting out with Kate and some friends and just kind of buddy fishing and finding spots and drop-offs and, you know, reading the fish finder. That's uh, you know, cause you really do have to be versatile when it comes to guiding around conditions you know, you get somebody that, you know, I've got a, i have got get a lot of clients last year that were younger. They took the day off from work. They were super stoked. And, you know, to reschedule for them was kind of a big deal. So you know, to get them on a good body of water that I felt confident in was really like important. And, and I and noticed that. So yeah, that's a great question. I did. I've done a lot of exploring in the last three months. I'm um, just getting out with myself and some friends and, 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 it's always fun. You guys know, it's always fun. Like when you guys come to Connecticut, it's a new body of water, right? It's like, Oh, this is really cool. And you kind of get jazzed up again. And the same thing for me when I go out and explore to get more confidence and guiding in certain sections or certain bodies of water, it just ups my confidence and confidence and ups the experience for both me and my client. And that's kind of what I try to take pride in. You know, because as a, as a guide, you know, like you, as an ESOX guide, I should say, and again, there's a lot of guys out there that have been doing this a lot longer than I have and a lot more experience. But, you know, one thing for me is when I'm on the oars for the day, and even with friends for that matter, like when you guys come out, like my. You might, not, you might not say it, you might not know it, but all I'm thinking about as a, as a guy on the oars is, am I putting these guys or gals in the most opportune water for this time of year, for this day? That's always going through my mind to up our chances to put something in the net.
2: And how long have you been living back in Connecticut from the San Diego area?
5: Uh, yeah, so I, uh, 2010. Okay. 2010 or 2000 end of 2009. I moved back to from San Diego to Connecticut.
2: So you have ten years there. How many? No, nothing uh, particular. But how many uh sp- bodies of water, like different day floats, do you have in your back pocket?
5: Um, one, two, like actual floats.
3: Uh,
5: one, two, yeah, actual like river floats, kind of jet floats type of things. Um, about four. And then for bigger bodies of water that are in my neck of woods, three.
2: So you got seven different places that you can go. Yes. On any particular yes. day.
5: Yes. That's yep.
2: not that's not yep. a bad uh not a bad car- or a deck to be held or. A hand no. To be
5: dealt. No, exactly. And the one thing, uh, the one thing that I'm really excited about in 2020 is <clears throat> is smallmouth. Um, I had such a fun couple seasons the last couple seasons guiding for smallmouth and I haven't really promoted it much Um, but what I found out by traveling around the country and doing some other smallmouth trips with friends and I a buddy and I hired a guide and we this summer we went out smallmouth fishing and and just had a great time is that the bodies of water up here in northern Connecticut really have some amazing smallmouth you know you see smallmouth photos on social media like oh that's really sick like where's that oh that's in Pennsylvania or that's in Michigan and there's some amazing smallmouth. And and then the, I kind of compared it to like the quality, size, and, and numbers of fish in up here in Northern Connecticut. And it's it's I don't I don't want to say it's as good, but it's it's in the ballpark. So I think this year I'm gonna promote a little bit more on the smallmouth game, especially in July and August, because we can have smallmouth days on the sections that I just described to you guys where a client, you know, on poppers, especially on poppers and some small streamers. I mean, you could catch 10 to 20 smallmouth in a day and, you know, they could average anywhere from 14 inches and to, to 17 inches. And I had a couple of clients this year that um, saw, were the biggest smallmouth I've seen on these sections of rivers that were pushing 20 inches. Um, and we weren't really even targeting them. We were kind of just pike fishing, but with poppers and, uh, you know, like Dahlberg diver st- style flies. And uh, we were coming up with some beautiful smallmouth this year and last year. So uh, I think we're going to kind of focus on that a little bit in the summer and kind of give the pike a break. But the, the smallmouth game up here is pretty damn well good as well. So if you guys come up in June, you know we'll have that in the mix.
2: Hell yeah, man. But I will say pogo pike sounds way better than pogo smallmouth.
5: Dude, I got a story about that. You want to hear that? <laughs> yeah. So I got this client out this summer. Never met him first time uh he's kind of a quiet guy um you know a corporate guy kind of quiet really nice guy and he brought his wife so we're fishing it was in the summer and it was like late june early july and that's if you guys remember we kind of had that heat up and the water temperature kind of skyrocketed and the fishing was like eh during daylight hours and it was better in the morning and at night so th- th- he booked me for the day we had a great time and his, and his wife was spin fishing and she caught, like, four or five nice smallmouth, and he caught, like, three or four smallmouth, And we were having a great time, and there was about a, probably about a half hour left in the trip. And, um, you know, I, I, he asked me how much time do we have left. I said, well, we, you know, technically we have a half hour, but if you guys want to stay out longer, don't worry about it. Like, I'm having fun. We'll just fish till, you know, X amount of time. And they're like, okay. So his wife said to him <laughs> – hey, honey, like, are you are you nervous? You know, you haven't caught a pike, but you caught, like, some awesome smallmouth. And he goes, he looked at both of us. He goes, his name's Pogo Pike, not Pogo Smallmouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you had to be there. You had to be there. It was just kind of like one of those moments. He was a really quiet guy. It was like, but towards the end of the day, you saw it. he was getting more focused and more focused. And he was... He never pike fished before, uh, and he was a good fisherman. But he was, like, you know, getting more focused, more focused. He was paying, he was listening to me more on the figure eights. Like, he started to, you know, talk even less, and he really wanted a pike. And that's when his wife was trying to break the ice. And when he looked at us, he goes, his name's Pogo Pike, not Pogo Smallmouth.
2: So did he end up with a pike at the end of the day?
5: Dude, he did. So <laughs> he ended up catching, like, a 34, like a nice, fat 34. And we got it in the net and I went to go give him a man hug and he wasn't a hugger
3: (laughs) I was so so
5: excited for the guy I went in to give him a hug and he kind of just like leaned back and gave me that like look I was like oh sorry bro I gave him some knuckles I'm like sick fish that was awesome he got excited but he wasn't a hugger
3: (laughs) because it's
5: just as exciting for me and stressful I felt his stress and I saw what was going on and I'm trying to put him in spots and hold them and you know get that fly right where i wanted it to be and try to coach him and getting in these little nooks and crannies as we were going down the river so when he hooked it i was jacked because we fished together he fished hard for eight eight and a half hours before he hooked that fish but he was he's now hooked he's already booked two trips this spring with some friends
6: if i come up there you can hug me all all day pogo just watch out so you don't get your eye poked out
5: Yeah, I'm, I get excited. I get excited sometimes.
2: So if uh if someone does come up and book a trip with you, and they they are not the best fishermen or most experienced, do they need to tie their own flies, or do you supply flies for people? Or
5: yeah, yeah, I I, I have uh, you know so many pike and musky flies. Yeah, I, I supply them. Yeah, yeah, and I tie I tie. You know, like I'm time in kind of tying mode right now where I'm zipping up some flies for the spring, you know, kind of getting back in that guide mode, looking at what I have. But, yeah, I've got dozens and dozens of flies laying around, and I'm always rotating them and um, tying new ones. And then, obviously, like Urban Fly Company being so generous of sending me a a batch of flies that um, are going to be my repertoire this year, you know, that always helps.
2: Heck, yeah, man. I will say... That was, a, that was a fun pack of flies to
0: tie. Uh, I don't know. I
2: like it.
5: Those <laughs> were sexy as shit.
0: Yeah, we got to get you some more up there this year. That's all. Those, are
5: aw- yeah, those, are, those are awesome. we got to get you some of the
0: ones Kate, Mark's
2: been... Kate, Kate,
5: Kate's, Kate, Kate's like, <laughs> go she's sold on your flies. Like, loves them. Like, it's all about Urban Fly Company flies now because you got that 43-inch on a figure eight on her birthday.
2: <laughs> there we go. Uh, Kate can have all the flies that I tie for her.
3: There you go. I'm
2: not sending <laughs> any more to Steve. <laughs> it's all to, all to Kate.
5: That's yeah, awesome. That's so this was an impromptu um, to, to plug the, for the love of fishing, what ties us together, uh, on my YouTube channel this Thursday. It's dropping, and now we're turning it into a 40-minute conversation. I can't wait till you guys get together. I don't know if we're just going to talk or we're going to fish. I, have no, I haven't figured that out yet. We've got
0: to make that happen for sure.
2: though. Oh, there's definitely going to be some fishing, but way more dick jokes.
5: <laughs> we, we got to schedule
0: the gentleman's breaks.
5: Uh, I'm not touching that comment, but yeah, a lot of gentlemen's breaks. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> who, who are you guys rooting for today?
0: Oh, man, I've been a diehard Niners fan since the early 90s, so this is like I'm in my glory today.
5: That's awesome. Well, good luck. Good Thank luck, you. man. Kate's a 49er fan as well. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, Yeah. this should should turn out to be a good
0: game. But I'm pretty confident we got a good team this year. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be a hell of a game. What are you guys doing for the game? You all hanging out together, or you doing your own thing?
0: I think so. I probably all hanging out. I'm assuming so. Yep. My mom. How it goes? My mom has a
2: giant (laughs) TV. It's it's where we are right now at my mom's house. So (laughs) we'll probably just stay here.
5: Nice. (laughs) Nice. Nice.
2: So. Um, hey, is there anything that we haven't hit on that you would like to hit on, Steve?
5: No. Uh, just a, like a quick recap. If you guys want, I could re- reach out to Pete and see if he would be interested in uh, being a guest on your show. and We could follow up with that offline.
2: Absolutely. Um,
5: yeah. And, and thanks for um, having me on again. You guys are always awesome. I, as you guys know, I tell everybody about you, and you are one of my staple hashtags in all my um, Instagram photos
2: i realized um, that I you... <laughs> since uh what's that? since uh i started running the instagram instead of jay i've realized that
5: <laughs> yeah I, I bet if you click on svs fish uh svs fishing it's probably all pogo pike
2: that's
4: awesome
2: yeah yeah no, no. there's a lot of them in there in the uh the stories yeah, no. and everything what's that in the stories and everything
5: yeah 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 no you guys are great so you know just keep it up and and i i love spreading the word about you guys you guys are doing great things and um yeah and if if anybody's new to the show um they haven't heard my crazy voice before if you want to go to pogo on uh, instagram on pogo underscore pike or if you just type in pogo pike and then um like i said i'll be that for the love of fishing what ties us together that i'm really proud of and really um, excited to get it out that that positive message out to the fishing community that's going to be on my youtube channel uh this thursday and then i have a fly tying video um, on the fly that we were just describing, my buddy Jeff um, is editing as we speak. He's got half of it done. We went through it yesterday. That, so I should probably put him down on my YouTube channel in the next two weeks. Um, and that's about it, man. And, and, you know, thanks again, guys, for having me.
2: Hey, where do people go to book a trip with, with you, Poga?
5: Yeah, so that's a great question. It's so funny. I was I got up this morning. I had a couple uh, Instagram messages about booking some trips this spring. So either Instagram, you can private message me. Um or like on Facebook uh um on P- Facebook as well. And then you know, probably the easiest for someone that just wants to set up a time to talk or just get more information, you can go to pogopike.com. I think on like the home page I have a like fill out a form with your contact information and what your you know, little message box you could type in what you're looking for or what you you know, what what questions you want answered or what you're interested in. So yeah, either pogopike.com or my Instagram, pogo underscore pike. Um most people usually reach out to me in one of those formats.
2: Or if someone wants to hit us up, I'll give you Steve's phone number all day long.
5: That's right. <laughs> 619-518-5555. No. Um, I still do have a San Diego cell phone. It's so, so funny because people will... You know, message me and then and we'll set up a time to talk, and I'll call them, and they won't answer the phone because <laughs> they see like San, uh, my cell phone still San Diego, my cell phone number. So like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think you were from. I didn't think uh, you know you were from San Diego. Are you still in San Diego? I'm like, no, I'm in Connecticut. I just have a San Diego number.
2: Yeah, that's the crazy thing about uh, cell phones now. It doesn't matter where you live. Yeah,
5: yeah. Have you guys have you guys got the new iPhones yet?
2: I got one. I will yeah, never have an camera, iPhone. I will never have an iPhone. I love the camera. Um, Did you see the Brooktrop pictures we put up on SVS last that week? That does got a good camera.
5: Yes, I did.
2: Those were all from the new iPhone. Do you even carry your camera? portrait
5: mode, right? No. Do you use portrait mode? Yes. That's a
2: shame. <laughs> I'm, if, yeah. I, if I'm if by myself, I don't carry the camera anymore. But if I'm with people, okay. I, I will carry the camera.
5: Yeah. If, uh-huh. if this iPhone, This iPhone, the new iPhone cameras really changed the game. I mean, that you put it in portrait mode. And then there's more settings for portrait mode, like zooming in and zooming out. And if you tap on that screen and highlight that fish, um, boy, is it take a, a phenomenal, phenomenal photo! It
2: does, it does, it it really does. And it, it's so nice to have had a camera background and yeah. to see what it's like to use the phone because my old iPhone six, it it really sucked. I yeah, I wouldn't take a single picture with it.
5: Gotcha. So you have a background in photography a little bit? I
2: I'm not a background, but I, I took a lot of pictures yeah. with a camera. I still do. Like uh yeah. I've taken a couple engagement sessions for people and uh family
6: portraits and stuff. Usually they're just you okay. know shitty pictures of the rest of us guys. Yeah m- with with fish in our hands sometimes. Ma- mainly nose pictures.
5: <laughs> you get that profile shot. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Go watch the tough shadows. Crowd.
3: T- tough crowd. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, oh man, Pogo. I think we've kept you long. we're long past your 15 20 twenty-minute we initially started at.
5: Oh, uh, this is great. No, this was a good surprise. Thanks so much. Yeah, I, I've got to run back in the house and help my friend. We got some friends stopping over here in about a half hour, and and Kate, and we're gonna have a a Super Bowl get together, but thanks so much, guys. Yeah. Really en- appreciate enjoy it.
0: Enjoy your day. We appreciate you taking the time
6: out for us. Well, hey, who's your uh, horse oh, in the I race? Got... What's that? Who's your horse in the race, or who who you got? Who you think's gonna win?
5: Yeah, yeah. So, like I said earlier, Kate's a Forty er fan, so I'm I'm going with the Forty ers today. Although I just like you guys said, I just want to see a really good game. But um, I think if I had a if I had to bet some money or uh, you know pick a side, I'd say the Forty ers
0: Awesome. I like it.
5: Yeah.
6: As our wives are all going shoe shopping, this they're listening to the same shit in the van on the way there or the car.
2: They're going shoe shopping?
6: Yeah. <sighs> the, yeah. Oh boy, that's scary. My daughter needs new shoes for the daddy-daughter dance that comes up in two weeks. So all of our wives have to go with her? Oh, yeah. They're all just... <laughs> Do we going to go to the shoe store? Well, fuck yeah, we want to go to the shoe store. Shoe carnival! <laughs> I know so. That's where they're going. Hey,
2: guys. I was standing there yesterday. I got my... This is the first time in a month. This has sounded good to me. Finally. It sounded good. It just <laughs> You just weren't
6: doing it. I don't have to feel so guilty. I felt no guilt. I'm over there t- Wednesday night to on
0: tails, and I'm like Chad, give you, you me your beers. I can drink in front of you.
6: <laughs> yeah, I do. Thank
0: you.
2: They were the ones that we earned together, Jay, while we were uh, <laughs> oh, doing yeah. the floor. Let's we'll talk about that
6: a little bit too.
0: <laughs> so sitting here yesterday, and I got my head in the back seat of the truck, and I'm putting stuff in my thing, that backpack, and I'm setting flies on here. Like, you going fishing? My head the truck. No, I'm just taking my rods for a walk. Put <laughs> my head back in and went
2: back to what I was doing. So you didn't even look for the response from the dude? <laughs> no. Like, come on. <laughs> two
6: That's rods. That's one of those, here's, your, here's your sign. Yeah, no, two
0: rods laying against the side of the truck. I'm waiters. No, I'm not going fishing. No.
2: Oh, big dummy. No.
6: Man. So, so after you, while you're taking your rods for a walk, you want to get into what you got into?
0: Sure. Yeah, I got into an interesting day yesterday. Um, I started off right after I uh, had to work till noon, so I didn't get down till a little after 1. And right off the bat, just probably second spot I was at. It's one of them areas that you have like a nice little, almost like a little mud flat with like a drop. So it's a good ambush spot. So you kind of like to get that first cast in there, right? Because they're always sitting there ready. And it was a perfect cast right under the tree. Got halfway back through and the fish just smoked it. And it actually worked as it was supposed to it's probably like a nice 32 33 inch fish so from there I was like all hey, right a pretty decent day as black single work real 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 slow just pull pause just letting it hang for a second so I like, kind of figuring we have a decent day from there and 20 minutes later switch over to a real big yellow fly fire it out watching the line I'm like Something's weird.
6: That's the one you just tied to a Tying Night, right? Yeah.
0: Something's weird. There's, like,
6: I'm stripping and
0: my flies. No fly resistance. Is, there's no <laughs> resistance and my fly's just dying. Like, 20 foot of my head just comes completely off. So the fly hangs in the tree across from me. I wish I had 20 foot of head. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> so now, I'm like, screwed now because that's the only intermediate line I had. And I was leaving, too. I thought about bringing your reel just to have... <laughs> I should have. No. So I is a full sink line, and you got to work, like, dead slow. And I got a floater. So I take the floater, and I put, like, a like a river pig style, big heavy head on. And I'm just kind of, like, at this point, trying not to think about the fact that I just spent, like, two hours tying this, like, 15-inch changer yesterday. And I just stuck in a tree the first time I casted it. <laughs> it's a, yeah, I can see it. Now, it's, like, 10 foot off the bank, and it's hanging in a branch. And I'm just... Try not to get furious and leave. So I just go fish, Norm. When I get down to it, and I'm like, all right, screw it. I'm going to make a run at it. I know I can't get it from the other bank. It's that side high wall there. Yeah. And it's like 10 foot out. I'm like, I know I can't get it. So I throw it. I'm like, all right, that looks good. Should be good. this is like 50 foot out. So it's not like it's like right. I can just blob it over. I'm like, that looks good. Stupid me. Should have put maybe like a white fly on. No, you put a black fly on. You try to gauge where it's at over top of another fly. (laughs) Thought well. Pull it. Nice call. As soon as I feel it get a little tight, I like set into it thinking it's going to like start pulling. Don't I bury it right into the wire of the branch. You've (laughs) got to be. So I'm just standing there like holding the line just like shaking right now. I'm like, no. You've got to be kidding me. I don't even like making an attempt at nothing. I just straight, like furious, pull it tight. As soon as I was, like, holding, I'm like, all right, here we go. Turn and start walking backwards and just start pulling. I'm like, I'm going to blow up a second line. And all of a sudden, boom, it pops. And this <laughs> this thing, I could feel how heavy it is, and I just start, like, running backwards up the hill with it. This lug had to have been about 16-foot branch. I get it back all 20-foot of my line. It literally peeled the... Um, fast attached to the point that it was like almost dead straight. It, it was going to give at some point. That log wasn't coming the rest of the way. but Got the whole doggone thing back. So all I had left then at that point. Well, I mean, I had and to you flutter. got the stick out of the way, too. I got the stick out <laughs> of the way. Got my fly back. So now it's time to pack that line up. It's going straight. That's like the fifth or sixth trip with that line. That's, <clears throat> that's a goddamn shame. Oh, it's cracked for 40 foot back from the head, too. I mean, it's just destroyed. It so the running line lasted one trip? The running line lasted one trip, and I just, I don't want to send it right back, and I'm like, you know, I'll milk a couple more trips out of it. No, I might have got five, maybe six trips out of that line. I've never seen a core break like that. That thing just clean, dead, flush, clean. So I got the full sink left in a floater at that point, so I was just kind of working like short cast with a full sink, real, real slow. And I go back up to the spot, and I got this fish to poke its head out, and I'm like, all right, you're going to eat at some point. I'll give you a little bit. I mows you around. Nothing's going. I mean, there's quite a few people around, and no one's doing nothing. So it's probably like two. Quite a p- few people. How
2: many people was quite a few? Uh, three, like eight? Seven. Okay. Or including seven.
0: you? No. Eight, including me. And I uh, had to work the numbers in my favor. <laughs> you should be good tomorrow. So I caught that fish probably a little after two. That means I had to move that other one like 330. So I give it till about 4:30 and I come back. And then nothing. Give it another half hour, come back again. Here it comes. So it goes into the figure eight. I get this fish to make about two turns in the eight. And every time it like wants to kind of like eat and it's not a big fish. So it's kind of like fun to jack around with. It like gives it like this body wiggle and it goes up and it dies off. So it goes to try to, like, do something on the turn. I make the turn up on the top left. I lose the fish. The fish falls off. Great. Make another cast back. This point, right where you can see the fly, I see its mouth open and lunge at it. Here we go. Doesn't eat at that time. So I start going around. Make a couple turns eating. It starts nipping the tail. So at one point. And you have a packerini tail. I on. had a packerini tail. At one point, it nips the tail hard enough that I keep going, and it's stuck. So I pull it, and it comes back out it again. It's like, tip step, 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 step like snapping at it and then it gets to the back of the tail again and I pull it out of its mouth again like Pac-Man and I, and I go real fast and get it to like speed up and I get it to make a couple more turns in the eight and then I pause it and then I see everything disappear except for the head I'm like perfect so let's set and I even turn the rod back into it and I watched the whole thing back too because I had the GoPro running the whole time I turn the rod back, I make a strip into it, and then I set straight up over, thinking I'm going to just line this hook right up in the top of its mouth. Stupid thing ain't just a tail.
3: <laughs> Boom. Pulled it right
0: out. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. Did it rip the tail to shreds I You know what? I, it's sitting in a truck. I, I haven't even taken a look at it. I should because it, it, it definitely ate it like five times.
2: You should get a spinning rod and one of those whale tails. <laughs> <laughs> whale tails? They're a
6: giant grub. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That probably would work. I know. Run like a little trailer, two ots next to the tail.
2: Well, they put two treble hooks in the uh, in number these whale two tails or something. They put two treble hooks in these whale tails, like I one at the front, and one in the back, and then the giant grub tail.
0: <laughs> I tell you what. As much as I truly enjoy and love natural materials, that things work. Oh, yeah. Damn
6: tails work. So you said you got to see somebody else down there? Young man probably catch his first one? Yeah, I think
0: it was because I'd seen them. They'd fish this one spot for a long time. They stayed there for probably three hours, and then right towards the end of the day, they started working their way back up. And I'd walk by, and he's like, yeah, I don't really know what I'm doing here, but seeing a fish, that's good. And then probably 4.30ish, I hear him start yelling. I look over and he's hooked up. He fought it well and waited for his buddy to come over with a net and they got in. I just kept fishing the whole time and then I was ready to move. So at that point, they had just got the fish in the net. I walked over and he kind of hoisted it up and nice little fish, solid probably upper 20s. And he put it back and they're all, yeah, you know, high five and what have you. Just so probably like an hour and a half later, I go back and I'm leaving for the night and I'd float it back through and I was like, any more luck? And the guy was like, oh, I'm still shaking from the last one. I was like, that's a boy, nice. <laughs> so that's where I could kind of tell. I was like, yeah, that might have been one of the first ones for him. That's all it's about, man. Yeah, he, you could tell he was excited. And they did a good job with it. They went. Susie as as went to put it back in the water. That fish, it wasn't even touching water yet and it was just ready, thrashing, ready to go. So I was like, that's cool. You didn't walk down and take a picture for him? They were already lined up taking pictures. So I was like, yeah, they're in good shape.
6: That was I, that's why I don't understand like the pinching of the barb thing, other than not hooking another fishing person with a comrade. A fishing hook, Yeah, somebody. I've somebody never, else. you know, and just because I mean, like had you guys are ripping, you know, for the most part, and ninety percent of people fishing for muskie or pike or any of that stuff are fishing with gear, and gear has a treble hook with three barbed hooks, and I don't know, an, I don't know a son of a bitch who barb who who goes and goes barbless on the Rapalas, right? Nobody. So those things are all, all over fish's faces. I tell you what. And for a guy who's fishing a single or a double to be that worried about it, I mean, in, in, in for a safety the Last this.
0: three, four years, the only fish that I have had bleed was that one, at the one I caught at the beast.
6: And yeah.
0: why that thing did, I mean, it was hooked right inside. It popped a hook right out. But for some reason, that one did. That is the only fish that I have ever had bleed. What'd you say, Joe? Exactly. <laughs> and I wasn't even going to say because I was thinking about that the whole time. And I mean, there's someone there that said, I've never heard a fish bleed. It was just 40 something posted on not that long ago. Fish bleed. It happens. It, you're poking happen. a hole in their it, mouth. It, it doesn't matter where it is. I mean, at some point, the fish is going to eat at an angle or it's going to go somewhere that sh- it's going to happen with anything. And if you have a barb on you you don't have a barb, you know, the barb is. Ru- I, what did Russ Madden say?
2: It's a blood sport. Yeah, if you're not I mean, willing to. Take Do a it. gaff
6: with you. Don't go. Yeah. At
0: the end of the day, I mean, you know, right there.
6: That's just healing up.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I took a tooth. That's part of the game, you know, and I'm not going to complain about it one bit. I had a pike sitting and dropped stomp- traw- my whole hand, but you know what? I'm jacking with it. Yeah. it, it I sh- you know, I mean, technically I shouldn't be right where it is. But at the end of the day, that little barb going through there is no different than us taking a, you know. i think. I'd be way more afraid for you taking
2: a, a fish tooth than the fish taking a barb to its face. Yeah. Because... Think of all the bacteria and shit that you're getting put into yourself. Our hooks don't... Our hooks haven't eaten raw fish, dead fish, you know what I mean?
0: If I took respect for that fish, I didn't let him sit and thrash all over the bank and get anything in him. He was revived well, put back well. That's way far more important, I think, at the end of the day than a barb. But each is their own, and you know what? I'm not saying there's nothing against a barbless. I don't like the fact they can pop in and out, you know? I like barbless for fishing with people that haven't
2: fished, like and casted the big flies. Yeah. And if I have my son on the boat, I'm gonna definitely be
0: barbless. Oh yeah, you know yeah, what I mean, especially at a young age. Yeah, for I mean sure. you you guys have fished with me. You know how I land fish. I land fish now fast as fast as, as possible. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. even that one, I hooked it on the strip. It was in the net in probably less than ten seconds. As soon as I got tight on it, I leaned back into that fish. I turned that rod to the water. I stripped as hard as I could. As soon as he thrashed at me, I put the rod over my head. I sat down. I rolled the net under him. I laid backwards, and that fish went right into the net, lifted up. Fish sat in the net right there off the edge of the bay. So do you walk walk around with the net extended? Yes. And then I lay it right beside me, right to my left-hand side. So as soon as I get there, I sit right down beside it. I lay that net down. I mean, they're going in quick. I'm not sitting and fighting and wearing that fish out. Reach in, get a good hold of them, and then, you know, they're good to go. They have a handle. I mean, yeah, <laughs> they're going to thrash on you yeah, because they are still green. And most of the time, you're not going to sit there and get a real nice release video of you trying to hold they them in the water because as soon one. as it touches the water, that thing's about out of hell. And that's how I you have, want them. And even that 48, I had no chance to get a release shot with that pick. I tried, and he just was thrashing like hell to go. I mean, that, and that fish was landing in less than five seconds. Is, that's going to so far outweigh a barb.
6: Uh, yeah, I agree. I, if I'd have if I'd, fought that pike the, the shenanigans <laughs> without a barb, that thing would have been gout. Uh, Thank God for that
2: barb. <laughs> I think I've showed that picture three times this weekend of you holding that pike. Different people. And that, that, that's a year old, man. <laughs>
6: Probably a last decent uh, No, it wasn't. It, I Good caught pike. a couple other s- stripers after that.
2: I, w- I was at work one day. It, it was Friday. I was at work, and um, one of the parts guys came around, and we, we always talk fishing. And uh, I was like, look at this picture. I showed him that picture of your pike. I said, that's
0: less than a mile from where we're standing.
6: It was that's a cool. well-taken picture.
0: That's uh, We need a little more pike this year. We got no pike last year. You had that one. You and I went that one day. Yeah. That was the only day we went there last year. Yeah, at all. all. You got a decent one.
6: Yeah. Low 20s. It's yeah. a good pike for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good start to the year. I, 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 I That's that. that day
0: I smoked that crappie on Phil's changer. <laughs> <laughs> like a five and a half, six inch game changer and a crappie eats it at my feet.
2: Dude, I caught so many crappie last year that I'd i never caught that man in the pond la- before last year.
0: That's good.
6: I talked to Phil the other day. Yeah. yeah. He's
0: coming along well.
6: Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: He's getting there. Yep. Hopefully soon, maybe. We'll have him there. out. Letter maybe we a tying night here in the future.
2: Speaking of tying night, we had a good turnout this week.
0: We did. That was a lot of fun this week.
6: Yeah, it was. Have I, a good
2: night. I definitely was not well rested on Saturday morning. No. <laughs> no. I we, could feel it. We went a little bit later than normal because we
0: had a good time. Yeah, turnout. we did. But we you didn't we hung drink out any
2: beer. I didn't, but I was tired. I didn't get home. I didn't get home and put tables and chairs away until. 11.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, we hung out to about 10.30. That was fun.
6: Yeah. I, oh, I felt like crap the next day. You,
0: Chad, you tied up some little game changers. Speaking of that, I lost one of them. Like I In
2: put
6: your it,
0: seat?
2: I don't have any idea where it is. It's in gone. My, oh, the, it's pur- in, the purple it's in and black, box. The purple and black unweighted changer that I tied, it's gone. It vanished off the face of this earth. That stinks. <laughs> I actually tied all those flies... To, uh, to send some dude from the Drake magazine. And uh, that one got lost. So I'm going to send him one of the olive ones I had already pre-tied. Type
0: another one today.
2: Ah, uh, I know. But what's our game plan for today? Are we just going to hang out and drink beers? you guys going home? What's the I game don't, plan? I don't know
0: yet. Uh, we I, have to go we, uh, home for the sheer fact of getting your reel. And other than and that, that and that's an bed in my truck. Okay. That's a staple. Thanks. <laughs> I got to get myself one here soon. No, it's fine. I just, I don't, I'm a musky fishing. uh, You know what? I'm I'm not saying this in a snobby way. I want one without that freaking cold-ass aluminum (laughs) handle. Wow. (laughs) You can get cold carrying that net around. Yeah. Dang. Because I don't really like to wear gloves if I don't have to. Metal conducts
6: heat and and cold.
0: Wow. You pick up that aluminum handle on a 25-degree day? It's like picking up a popsicle carrying it around.
6: Yeah, I hadn't been at the tying nights in, in... uh, you know, going back to that for a second. In a couple months, you know, I mm-hmm. missed the last one, and I was at the one before that for like half of it. But man, yeah, good turnout. But uh, the camaraderie, you know, a lot yeah. of the, a lot of talking, like so much fish talking, like this right here, what we're doing at the table was going on there, and I think that's what held us up so late. Is you know met some new people, you know, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of good information yeah, exchange. Chris and, that was nice. Yeah, Chris yeah. was, it Chris was man. Chris got the t- Tell me a little bit more about Out West and mm-hmm. what he experienced when he was out. in and that I, I area. was right on and that. He was there, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I, thought, I it, thought he had been. Yeah, and he got a couple guided trips right on that river. So I've cool. been thinking about Mount trying to line one of those up. But he said that any any of the little trips and everything is just there's fish everywhere and like wow, it's nice to know. So you know I could plan more accordingly now. Yeah. You know, and so it was it was very informational. And, you know, like usual, he said go to a fly shop.
2: I broke Chris like three
6: times. It was funny.
2: He was in middle of talking. He was talking about shaving his head. I said, "What you gonna ma- have the carpet match the uh, drapes?" <laughs> He's like, "I can't even finish my story."
6: <laughs> you've like, learned him since high school.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's, He's a good guy, there. man. It was, it was, yeah, it was great maybe, talking to him. Maybe go back earlier than yeah, that, but we've always gone to school together from yep. top to bottom. Yeah, we, yeah, we played, uh, played on the golf team all four years and. Derek, that's and that's how a- we got to know each other. Well, was through that, and then how many years later, and he's gonna reconnect through fishing.
6: And he's a Smith fly as well. Mm-hmm, and they, yep. you know, they fish all over the place yep. in Pennsylvania. So it seems like uh, they said we want we need to get a dual float going, Yeah, two boat float sure. going with all of us sometime soon here. That'd be a good time. It's always a good time. It's always a good time. Yeah, you put your two boats together, beers usually get thrown back and forth. There's usually a little more hijinks going on and more fun. Hmm. You know, you had a few chads to the party, and things get popping.
2: That and uh, Derek and Andrew came. Derek uh yeah. supplied the beer for tonight, this morning's event. He sure <laughs> has. We're putting a hurting on, putting on the rest of that cake, man.
6: Case man, I, I I know I'm not leaving <laughs> at least until my wife gets back. <laughs> <laughs> Shit,
2: I'm gonna walk home, <laughs> and not in a straight line. Like I said, this is weird, man. I've had three beers and. I'm definitely I'm definitely feeling it. Normally on a podcast Sunday, I can drink eight or nine in a show and <laughs> just be fine. You know? Hey, oh, no. Chad been... <laughs> I can't
1: help it. The voice
3: of Ed comes on. Me. <laughs> I thought I'd get someone. just lost it. So... <laughs>
6: Sorry. Yeah, no, my I, I went through. I go through a January bender. I usually run the holidays right through January, and hell yeah, Chad, you could drink thirty-five beers and walk in a straight line, to a cartwheel. Yeah, but right now I'm
2: I'm three deep and I'm feeling it. But I had three manmosas. I love those things.
6: You're gonna you're gonna end up passing out here. I'm gonna end up passing out here.
2: We we really should take your your uh, raft down some sled hill. Oh,
6: I know. Yeah, that'd be fun.
2: We could get such great content for the, the Instagram page.
0: <laughs> we do need to do a better job of that. Videoing and content.
2: Yeah, we do. Um, Speaking of content, you caught the muskie. That's going to be going up on the page this week. I went brook trout fishing mm-hmm. on Monday.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I you had, had a good day.
2: I had one of the best days I've ever had or the best day I've ever had brook trout fishing. And I was by myself. I I went to work for an hour. I was like, I can't get parts. I said, fuck it, I'm leaving. (laughs) I said, deuces. And I walked out of work, came home. My wife said, I got to go to a meeting at my work, so why don't you just go fishing? I said, awesome, I'm doing that. Going fishing. So she made it to her work meeting. School called her. Our son was sick. She went and picked them up. She left her meeting. She said, deuces on you guys. <coughs> she picked them up. They sat on the couch all day. I went and I caught about a dozen brook trout.
3: Nice.
2: And I had one come up and hit a dry fly. It's God, it's January, man. And they're hitting chubby Chernobyl ants. But uh, Ed had sent us those, uh, those pheasant tails with oh, yeah. the tungsten heads and the, the mm-hmm. lead wrap inside of them. I uh, I caught the first two or three fish on that, and then they were just too heavy. I kept sinking my fly under the water, my indicator. So I had to switch something a little bit smaller. And once I did that,
0: it just it was game on, man. You were using what a um, like a terrestrial as an indicator.
2: Yeah, a little chubby Chernobyl. Yeah. It was like a size eight.
0: What two strips? Did you use the um, little pink leg thingies?
2: That's the ones I caught the first two fish on, but they were too heavy. They they weighed that that. Drop. You did get fish on them. Yeah, that's cool. The big fish I caught, out of the big hole, it uh it came on that. And then, man, I caught some small fish, like itsy bitsy, like the size of my pinky finger. They were like three fingers wide. They were some small fish. But then I caught some nice ones in the mix, so it was nice. You got to see some uh the The segmentation of the age brackets through there, then Jay you had a a day yesterday I yeah went, i went f- i took my,
6: you I took took my rod. <laughs> for a walk <laughs> yeah, I actually did take my rod for a walk it, it was amazing it was a day <laughs> it was amazing, yeah, it was awesome That no, it was fun it was fun we we got a late start because it was going to be it was cold in the morning, you know it was really cold it wasn't even going to be above freezing till about noon. So we got out there around ten or so. Uh, walked a new small little water, like one uh, that you
2: and I have been yeah, talking about. Yeah,
6: that we've been talking about. And I've heard they're there, and I, you know, looked into talking to just other people, local guys, and because uh, it's just right outside of our local. And I don't know. Uh there it looked it looked like there should have been a million. <laughs> it looked like every every <laughs> spot, and it, it was a, the most gorgeous area. You know, you're you know up and down hills and it's all mountains it's plunging and everything else and I, you know I don't know maybe I I mean I walked probably a mile and a half I would say and it sucked the walk. I mean no, it was awesome pretty walk but you know just just traversing man it's it was it was tough it was, it was hard walking it wasn't not how even how was it steep yeah it was it was well the, if you stayed in the creek, but I mean that's winding and winding. So you know, Is it you, high rock sides or how? No, no, just big, big hillsides, heel, big hillsides, giant, giant boulders on the hillsides. You know, like you're gonna see anywhere Your in the dad mountains went up with there. You again? Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. He said he he, and he wanted to go just to walk. You know, more or less than, than anything. Just to, he was like, man, I I can't I can't sit on the couch, I man. I'm getting fat, and I'm, I was like, if if I wasn't out here, I was gonna be sitting on the couch. So. He came out just to get out and get active, you know, and, and hang out. I one
0: nice thing is it just going for a walk up and through those streams is mm-hmm. it's it it, gorgeous. Just a walk, it, it's awesome.
6: And it, it had snowed the night before there. It didn't snow here, but everything was covered all white. Mm. It was it was beautiful. Just a beautiful walk. I'm, there have to be fish. I just It might have just been a bad day since it had been so, so cold. Fish up underneath rocks and just kind of hanging. I, I don't know. It just, man, such a beautiful, beautiful place. It couldn't have. I I want to walk further, next time maybe. And no it just feels like you know, and it sucks to waste days because we don't get every day all mm-hmm. the time to mm-hmm. fish. So you feel like if you waste <coughs> a whole day that you could have been doing something, that's the time. Maybe floating the river, yeah. you know, to do some leg work and to try to find the new places. And consistently, when you know there are some others, it's, it's hard, hard to forfeit that time. Yeah, it's hard to yeah, and you know. But you never know. You could strike gold. You could you could find a place and be like, oh man, look what we found, and look look this is a nice little place that so we can go here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, we didn't catch anything there. Uh, you know, and even I'm not one that's not gonna you know maybe walk next right next to the hole. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna like walk around and stomp in the thing, but you know walk next to it, see if I could see fish, see if I can at least see something. You know, and see movement or anything going up and down the creek. I didn't see a damn thing, and I'm I I was making great casts, dude. Through some of these little, like even the soft pools and everything else, and I'm like, if there's a fish there, it has to hit.
2: Were you casting in the riffles as well?
6: I would cast it everywhere, Chad. Okay, because on uh, that one <coughs> had less, like it did have some riffles, but it had it had a decent amount of plunges, and it would have a, you know. It was either fast, fast I mean fast, like two inch, three inch water, or it was something.
2: On Monday when I was uh, when I was up there. It doesn't
6: lay like that creek does. I'm at just all. saying there was like some open, wide open areas with oh, yeah. like
2: a rock in the middle and they would be sitting behind that rock. And then they would be sitting in the soft water on the side of a fast riffle.
6: Like, well, that's like a fast, fast riffle. They'd absolutely. Sit- well, when I went there, because I, I stopped there as well, and walked up behind your boot tracks, and were they the deepest boot tracks? <laughs> oh, jeez, were they the deepest boot tracks? <laughs> I was like, I know that fat-footed Reddington there. So, uh, <laughs> but no, we walked up through there too, and you could see fish. I could. We sat there and looked in the holes. Like they were so small. You know, are so low. It's so low right now that saw probably four or five fish in a hole, just hanging out, you know, chilling.
2: Yeah, it rained on Sunday. That I think that's why I had a good day.
6: Yeah, it it rained through that weekend, and it was up a little more on Monday.
2: Yeah, it was still clear, but it was up.
6: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's always clear every time. And the last time we were there, the the main river it had got a lot of water and it was raging. You know, and we floated (laughs) down through it in two and a half hours. You know, of a six-hour float, two and a half hours, you know what I mean? And still caught a brown, and a couple of browns, but that day we went up through there and probably could have, you know, if we would have walked further, we would have, but we just caught the tail end of a day and not spent a little while there.
2: Man, those fish are so pretty. They're the pretty, and that's one thing I wanted to touch on with Mark when he gets back, is the, the diversity that we have in Pennsylvania. That's why I haven't been musky fishing lately. We have the diversity that we can do just about
6: anything. All winter long, you know. Yeah, I I like that too. If our if our river ran more consistently, we could probably smallmouth fish all through the winter and effectively catch smallmouth. I bet we we could anchor and sit on poles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Like right right above that first pool where all them big rocks are, are? and even a little higher, like almost like
0: jig fly or tube flies. We sat and beat that up with like a scalping helmet and just jigged them things up and down in them deep holes. Yes, we catch
6: smallmouth all winter. The, level, ri- the level, the level. <laughs> you was you the clouds yeah. out the bottom. Because they, they, they start to move to more of. A, I've noticed even in the fall. I've, I fished them more in Columbus all year round and noticed even the smallmouth in the winter, they, they're bait. They're all in bait. They don't hit. They don't hit the crayfish. They don't hit that any. It's not that kind of feed. It's not summer anymore. You know, they're not feeding off the bottom as much. They're Gotta, like they Mike, have to eat bait fish because that's the only thing around. Oh, the like Mike fishing. was saying two weeks ago. Yeah,
2: yeah. He said once he can get them on bait, he wants to hit them on bait because he can see it and he loves stripping, stripping flies rather than jigging flies. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. That's I was showing some of the guys at tying night the the sculpin helmet game changers size tying. You can fish this on a spinning rod, man. It it is what it is. You're just jigging it off the bottom.
6: Those are definitely a fly that can would work well on a spinning rod. I'm
2: definitely taking a couple on uh, Tuesday with me to archery league because I fish archery with guys that gear fish for bass. I'm like, here, try
6: these. Throw them on eight pound test on a spinning rod, and you could really bulk a you could bulk one of those uh, game changers, scalping headed game changers up big time. Make it real nice and big if they're uh, using it on a spin rod. Because you, know, you could command everything with the spinning rod. You don't have to worry about the weight at the end. You could use, it, use it to your advantage mm-hmm. to flip it out yeah. and just pop, pop, pop. And it would just, oh, man, that thing would move better than anything else down there that they had except for the spinner. I definitely
0: <laughs> want to get some jig skirts this year for doing, um, <coughs> like, largemouth when it gets real hot in July and August. <coughs> that was kind of fun last year going there, kind of beating up the lake a little bit for them.
6: Oh, yeah, if it's blown out in the spring even, we should hit it before all the weeds get up. Mm-hmm.
0: That's why I was using, like, big scalping helmets, and I was almost pitching them just, like 'cause because they were so heavy the way I had them, and i almost line up and just flip them out and just jig them right back, and then, boom, you feel the tick.
2: When uh, when you say that, I think of uh, Chris Galvin. He had a special name for that.
0: It's called the Pendulum Cast. The Pendulum Cast, <laughs> Yeah. You know. I don't know. I think from too much bass fishing, that's just, that's <laughs> flipping.
2: I know. <laughs> oh, it is flipping.
6: Yo, absolutely. That's yeah, flipping.
0: So, what are you guys say? You want to take a
6: break, then give Jace a call.
0: Yeah, we can do that.
6: Sure. Oh, I want to mention one more thing about tying night. That just came to my mind yep. while I was sitting here, because uh, it was it was a good time. There were a lot of different young tires there too. That Luke kid, man. He's yeah. had some nice flies, man, and he's he's, he's started tying. Well. Yeah, he started tying at tying night last year with us, right? Mm-hmm. And man, you see the progression that the kid had—the way he's building thread dams on the uh, little pike flies and such—he's really got into the pike bug and everything else. You could see it, and uh, he, and you know who he reminded me of. Ashton with the swishy hair and the zippy car. And the zippy yeah. car. <laughs> he does. He had a little Subaru now. He's 16, and he is that kid. He's going to show up at some guy's doorstep that's like uh, our good buddy from uh, Dakota, guy, Dan Dan Frazier. <laughs> oh, that, that that's going to be amazing. But, no, the kids really put the time in on the vice, and you could see it. You could see it. I, I, I told him to watch Bob Pop's videos on how to build hollow flies, and that'll teach you a lot about the oh, different man, degrees. you got to get
0: that book. you got to get that Bob Pop book.
6: Yeah yeah grab the book even that would be better that's the best. but i always i you know i went on i went on social media and youtube and watched all the videos that he would put out on on social media on how to tile the flies and the different degrees mm-hmm. I've, you let me borrow the book for a while and uh man just that's that's what you got to do you got to look that up and that'll that'll he'll he'll teach you he'll yeah, teach you right how to his, do it
0: you have to get his hands on some better allsdorf too we talked about that a little bit getting some better feathers and Get well, him out a couple times too. I mean, he's, he was tying on your stuff the other day, so yeah, I just I was done. I was like, take the box, do whatever you want, treat treat it yours. Tie. yeah, go. Him and Rick were
2: sitting there. I was like, why don't you guys tie flies? I like, I said I have spare vise, and then you were just bullshitting. I was like, tie flies. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So if anyone ever wants to come out, we always have a spare vise. Mm-hmm. I bring a spare vise for anyone that wants yeah, to try.
0: I can always bring more if needed.
6: And if not, one of us will stop tying, and you could tie. Yeah, <laughs> like honestly, I mean, I, mean, no. I like just the hanging out. My dad and his uh, his buddy came out, and it, I think they were just, they didn't they didn't tie or anything, but they came out just to do the you know the fishing talk and the hanging out for a little while because they missed doing that kind of stuff too, talking all the time, mm-hmm. hanging out with guys, talking fishing. And Brian's a fisherman as well, fly fisherman, and fishing my dad for years, so it, I think it was fun for him just for the you know in the winter especially because. You know, you can get your, you know, instead of going out, and if you're not going out, if it's freezing cold and everything else, and if you're not having time to go out, you know, it's the time you can get in with your guys, your buddies. It's your you, you fix. You feel like, you're, yeah, you're fixed. Get your fix in, you know, get to talking and hanging out. So, yep. that was an awesome. 100
2: Yeah, man, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Like Dan said uh, about kids getting out, I'm like, oh, I don't want to go,
0: I don't want to go,
2: I don't want to go. And then once you get there, like, oh, I'm so glad I came, I'm
6: so glad I came. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I was excited for it all day, I was looking forward to it. So it, it's always a good time. And thanks again for the beers, Derek. Yeah, yes, man. Sir.
0: Thank you. And
2: they, they taste, taste so good.
6: Oh, the jerky was awesome. Oh
0: man. I don't think any of it made it its way home. No. Uh-uh. No.
2: No, there might still be a couple pieces in your garage. There's definitely still a couple pieces in my garage that we're gonna go eat after the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, all right, hey, let's go take a break. We're gonna take a take a leak, get some more beers than us, and uh, give Jace a call when we get back. Hey, we're back with Jace. He's on a uh, location. What's happening, Jace?
1: Not much, man. What's up, guys? <laughs>
2: so,
6: location. Hey, what are yeah, you doing? Location. Not, not, He's he so you pretty, traveled, you that's traveled a pretty dang yeah. big lake, you're yeah. okay. You, you travel <laughs> well you even yeah, you traveled north of here, uh, to another state to go ice fishing. How's it going oh, up yeah. there, man?
1: When they when they say there's ice somewhere, oh man, it it was pretty wild. But hey, this is a I don't know, I would say it's a small lake. It's got a lot of room. So there's a lot of guys fishing this morning and it internet's, you know, got people <laughs> going crazy coming from all over just like fucking out of season, Laker season and shit, you know.
2: I hear you, man. So, uh, what what's target species today? Is it walleye, perch, crappie?
1: Every, everything. And, like, I'm, you know, fucking green on it. We just studied some maps, and it's a lake that drops in hard, you know, and they're, like, 30-foot. Like, we're at spots where 10 feet away from 20 feet, you're in a nine. It's it has weed edges and shit. You just miss one vent. Come on, bro.
2: <laughs> so, what? It's 1230. What? What do you have laying on the ice so
1: far? We probably bagged a dozen perch and a 9 to 12-inch, nothing big, just some, just to ensure we, we eat tonight, you know.
2: Hell yeah, man. Nothing better than a perch taco.
1: Well, we started out deep for walleye and hoping had a few marks, nothing really going on, and moved shallow, hit some spots. Vince just pulled like a 4-inch perch, which has kind of been some of those <laughs> mixed in, which, hell, that's hard to catch. You know how hard you good of an angler you got to be to catch four inch perch.
2: Yeah, man. <laughs> that's like me catching a three inch brook drop. It's
1: like shooting a fifty pound deer. Yeah, good aim.
2: <laughs> so, uh, what? What are some tactics and tips for today? What uh?
1: You guys like said live, I mean, we started out baiting? in some deeper stuff and working the edges, but like it's a it drops in hard. Vince is sticking them pretty steady here now, but it drops in hard and uh, I don't know. It's it's all there's no like only structure is um edges. It's it's weird. So a lot of flat basin type in the middle, so we're trying to follow the contour and right now we found a little pattern at twelve foot, but it's smaller fish, so I don't know, we might jump on and try to find some walleye, but there's bluegill in here. Uh not bluegill, I don't think there's bluegill, pumpkin seed. I think it's exclusively pumpkin seed potentially.
6: Sweet. But <laughs> pumpkin seed crazy. Awesome.
1: I don't know how that could be, but uh perch walleye uh, you know, there's musky in here. Hope we don't get bit.
6: On a lake, on a lake that <laughs> size, you taking all your stuff out there with you? You out there with all the huts and everything, or, or oh yes. yeah, we brought
1: two huts. I uh, Haven't set anything up yet. Just trying to keep moving, sitting. You know, had to, had that flurry of a, a bite window for an hour. Once the snow slowed down, a perch or on, or we found them, whatever the case was. But now we're just moving. We're just going to keep moving. And if it feels like six thirty this, here. we will since... eat a sandwich and continue it.
6: It feels like six thirty here since we've been drinking since about eight uh says that. Huh? yeah so you have the rest of the day will you stay all till it gets dark or are you fishing in the dark at yeah, all yeah well see what's going on probably
1: fish out fish it out so try our try our asses off that's that's the go of it when you're you know i i don't want to message everybody on the internet like hey bud what, what can i sit in your pocket I, i'll try it once or twice see what's going on i know guys that fish out here and have talked to people it's just you got to try sometimes you got to find it on your own sometimes so and if you don't I, try, you're a loser.
2: How <laughs> how long is uh is the safe ice predicted for up there? I know we're start I, we're supposed I to get a warm up tomorrow. Forward,
1: like future forecast, I'm saying it, it may run into the you know March, and that's going to be the end of their walleye. So we're up here solely really to chase walleye, but any fish is fun through the ice, you know.
2: Oh, I know, but I'm just saying, uh, around here local tomorrow we're supposed to get like 40s. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah. there's going to be maybe a, a brief warm-up, but up here, everything, we got all this snow, You know, there ain't no huge river dumping in this, it's locked in side to side, I'd say, pretty much everywhere, there may be some weak edges up north, but we're fishing the, I don't know, long point area, it's real tight point chokes all together, and it's just all, like I said, just inches down to deep in the middle, so, I don't know, it's having fun, you know what I'm doing. Yeah,
2: we know what you're doing, man.
1: Research, research. But it's it's a blast to be up here. About the year license, so, I'm planning to hopefully come back for the next couple weekends and trying to just figure it out, put some pieces together. I know maybe some other guys I might want to tag in if I could catch the fish and find them for them, you know.
2: That that place isn't that going awful far away from us either.
1: No, it seemed like once we got up past and hit Erie, we were boom, we were there. So, pretty cool. Heck yeah, man. So, uh, Uh, you guys, what are you doing? You betting, betting, what are you betting over there for the Super Bowl? Still got that little bet going on, Jason, Mark? Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. the
6: bet's on for sure. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Who's gonna win then? My homie, my homie, my homie's gonna win. I'm, you know, it's since it's your team, Mark. It actually makes me feel better, feel bad to root for the opposite team a little bit since I don't really have a. You know, I have a horse in a race. I could give two shits less.
2: That doesn't make you feel bad. I know you, Jay. But I
6: like I like Mahomes. I do <laughs> like Mahomes, man. He's He seems like a, just a good dude that just wants it, man. Just, and he's extra strong.
0: Oh, I'm already amped for this one. You got well,
6: a defensive lineman on to your say side.
1: What's up, guys? And I, I missed, what, talking to Pogo. That was probably a, a, a motivational rush. Yeah, it was a fun one.
2: We, a good dog. Yeah. we made Pogo spit coffee all over his dashboard. That's
1: uh, yeah, that, uh, that little movie came out, that stuff's pretty, or did it come out or am I just getting the, uh, Thursday it's stuff?
2: coming out. It's coming out on Thursday. He's uh, he has some trailers and stuff out now.
1: Awesome. Hell yeah, guys. I want you to take it easy. Don't drink too much before you eat or, or whatever the case is. Mix it in, you know?
2: Don't tell <laughs> us our business, devil woman. <laughs>
1: uh, uh. <laughs> All right, He's guys, we'll out see out you, man. You have a good day.
2: All right, Larry Jason, let us know how you do, man.
1: Oh yeah, rock and roll. We'll see ya All right, ya. Later, All, bro. Bro. All
2: right, that was cool. Live on air, on ice, from Jay Shank. And live
0: a, action. That's a big. live action.
6: That's a big link, <laughs> Probably what, like two hours?
0: Yeah, two and a half. Two two two, a two, two and a half. Yeah, those,
2: two and a half. It it it's should not be bad. it should be in our rep- repertoire of places we go. It's definitely one.
0: I've only been there once, and I moved a couple of fish there.
2: I was there for a whole week back when my wife and I first started dating. We caught a bunch of bass, and I hooked a gar, but we've just never been back.
0: Yeah,
6: definitely big lake, though. Ooh. Yeah, it's got a lot of, it's it weedy. It's
0: get, real, it's covered the top in weeds.
6: Yeah, weed beds. Uh-huh. That's, that's fun to fish.
0: Speaking of weed beds. Weed edges and stuff. On the lake that we've been talking, that we're going to fish a lot this year. Yes. Up from the lower end, there's an island. Back in behind that island, it is about 10 foot deep, and for most of the year, it holds like seven foot of weeds. Really? Yes.
2: See, I never fished way down there. I always fished like in between the causeway and
0: And That section gets real deep and real clear, and the one side of that island is like 27 foot, but the weeds right off the edge, that point will come down off of it, Mm -hmm. and it'll go down to like 15, 18 foot, and the weeds will come up to about four or five foot. So you can still effectively fish, yeah. but it holds them, and then it wraps around that, and then the backside of it is just a huge, big bed of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be crawling through that. A there. lot of bass intel from guys that I know work with that they uh, ran chatterbaits through there and just smoke skis on them trying to catch bass.
6: There's a place... Two-hander, man. Two-hand. Mm-hmm. One put of those on Paccarini tails. Paccarini tails. All tail black, Or dude. put on a changer <laughs> and I, just, I, I, yep, yep, burn it. I would... That's, that's exactly, exactly what I would do. exactly...
0: Yep. The guy came in, he was holding this fly, and that's what he said. He goes, man, if you take that thing, he goes, rip that thing across the top of that, mm-hmm. he goes, they come up out of it for it.
2: Now, see, that's the intel I'm looking for, because... When I used to fish at lake, I was fishing for bass, mm-hmm. and anyone that caught a muskie was pissed about it.
0: Yep, that's what I'm looking at. You know? Like you've been saying, like if, if the walleye guys are getting into muskies, that's the intel I want, because them muskies are going to be following walleyes. You're <laughs> always going to have your other fish. There's always going to be some fish separated everywhere, but if I can find a concentration of them that's looking to feed in a lake that size, that's money, because them mm-hmm. fish are actively looking to feed there. Yeah. You can find them on walleyes. They're following them for a reason. They want to eat. Well, in the spring, yeah.
6: That's yep. all them fish are coming in to eat, pre-spawn. The great part the is, is
0: there's so many points there. There's always going to be fish off them points. hmm There's just hundred tons of them.
6: Oh, absolutely. If you got a Uh, Jayce was catching a lot of them. They would just cast off the off the shoreline. Mm-hmm. I went out there and tried to cast with them like a fly rod, but if you had a boat, you know that just gives you unlimited amount of area to get to and. Be anywhere out there, casting. You know, and there's a lot of little like rock shoals and stuff in that one, in one of those areas that you can get to, and the fish come in, in the spring. It's uh, that's a, and it, but it's a large lake, and those fish probably migrate all over. It'd be a place to where you'd have to learn where they well, are. Well, I in tell you what, I was reading an article well.
0: that said in one day they netted a fish in the southern end, and the next day they netted it in the north end.
6: And it's and that's I a bet. lot of movement. I mean, that's not it's not small. No. So. It's the second biggest lake in Pennsylvania,
0: mm-hmm. for real. I, I believe it. It, I think it. What
2: it would be the first biggest if it was all in PA, or I forget how that goes. But there's a.
0: a clause. And that's why I want to just kind of break it small. And mm-hmm. just work small areas at a time.
2: There's so many boat launches on it that's, that you can do
0: that. And that's that's a great part yeah, of it. You've probably got close to 15, 18 boat launches. And you can just you can literally just break that place down
6: and just you're gonna be nice. best off talking to a lot of gear guys too. Yeah. Like honestly. But that's a, a
0: lot place of gear there guys where fish. we should start yeah. getting to consistently move better sized fish. I mean there's always the other options we can hit too, but But they're not gonna produce as many big bigger fish. No. The consistency of forty two to forty six, seven inch fish in that lake is just it's phenomenal.
6: That's where you're gonna go get your fifty if you're gonna get it somewhere you don't Think drive so. god awful of far. No, I
0: can be there in forty five minutes.
2: Yeah, if you're not going to Lake Woods, you should go to there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised there aren't more seen at the uh at the place where all the carp are. You yeah. know. What
0: I mean? Yeah, you're I'm right I'm
2: surprised they're not they're just feeding on a carp.
0: Yeah. Oh, this looks fun. Those are some giant carts. It's a big cart to take down though, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's gonna but, take a lot of and work. And you never see any of them. They just come out eight pounds. Yeah, no, yeah. So They're, it's not like there's little ones in there nah, for them to feed. They've got to be
2: mixed in there. They gotta be low. The, no. the small ones have to be low. No, <laughs> they just, they, they, it's osmosis.
6: <laughs> they reproduce by osmosis. Okay. And that we're... Wait, no. Is that Osmosis is uh, water we, we traveling this. through a semi-permeable membrane. You know what, though? Here's membrane. one thing we never we thought have, we about, do though. It.
0: Do maybe little small carp maybe always stay in the riffles and what have you, and they stay there and they just consistently feed and feed and feed and feed and feed? Until you see them when and they're six pounds? And then they, they maybe work their way out when they reach like a ridiculous size and then go into slow water? <laughs> it, I don't It could be. I, I, I don't know. Because you always bump fish, and a lot of times you think they're sculpins, and they very well may just be sculpins. I don't know. But maybe are they... Small carpent suckers in through there that just.
6: No, it's single celled reproduction, dude. It's like single cell reproduction <laughs> they just kind of boop, boop, and it's a new cell, poop, new fish. <laughs> and it's <they're just> like <laughs> boop, 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 at, at night. And they only do it at night when nobody's there. I forget what. Make single- sure you feed them enriched white bread. That's what makes them do it. <laughs> enriched white bread. <laughs> That's called wonder reproduction. <laughs> yeah. I need that. <laughs> That's great. Oh, Jesus. Super Bowl Sunday. They,
2: what all the small I, carp dress up in Wonder Bread suits like Ricky Bobby in Talladega in Nights.
0: I remember one day that was a blast, though. As I went down to our local river for carp and I got into a big school of them quillbacks. Uh huh. And I tell you what, that was a hoot. You just like <laughs> dead dri- like drifted a woolly bugger and it would just go tight. I got into four or five of them like back to back to back to back. And They're it fun. was.
6: That was a good time. Wait, that was.
0: That's at our local? Mm-hmm.
6: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, like fun. a couple
0: hundred yards down where that down tree is, mm-hmm. and then I walked over and I stood right at the bottom of the root of that, and I was just drifting it right, like almost right where I walked through. Was that when you were with the red bearded dude? Previous
6: to that, How? but yeah, that day I, we got a couple of them too. How the hell are they only right there? I've never i we fished the rest of our river for every day forever, and. Oh, they're there. I'm sure we just don't. How the can f- we catch them
2: anywhere uh, else? They're not wanting to hit strip streamers. Yeah. You know? And we're not dead drifting stuff.
6: Man. You'd think well, I occasionally. I you... everything when we were kids, and I've never seen them anywhere but up there. I, I think occasionally and we, we
0: may find one coming in the summer when we're just pausing and clousers. We may get one. Jay, the... I tell you what, though. That stupid leech, as good as that thing may be for smallmouth, I'm hesitant to use it this year because of the dang catfish. I caught so many catfish on that leech uh, You catfish catch, are still yeah, fun, dude. Really was. <laughs> I mean, you just keeled <laughs> over them five weights. Yeah.
2: Who cares? That yeah. leech though, with them
0: two little, it was like two 10 millimeter or 15 millimeter shanks out the back wrapped like a feather changer, and then the head had feathers, and then it was a 26 degree eye with dumbbell eyes and wool on the head, all black. That thing slaughtered catfish.
6: I like catching catfish on whatever. That's fun.
0: They do everything that you want a fish to do. They hit a fly that on a strip. That one we had in the boat that was like buried under the boat. That was a fun one. That was four or
6: five pound fish on a five weight. Yeah, you can't beat that. The only thing they don't do is like the, the smallmouth will come up, flash, you know, and jump, but they'll bulldog the crap out of you. They're just like fighting a carp, you know? Mm. Oh, yeah. But
2: they hit a strip fly where carp won't do that as, as frequently.
0: I tell you what, that uh, that muskie yesterday when it ate the fly, that thing was a bullet. As soon as I set into it, like I saw it come up to the top of the water, just <laughs> and just real fast, and then it came in from there. But it was like a real quick bullet dart.
6: They've gotta love all the warm water or oh. all the, you know the warm weather. I
0: mean, it's still you're still mid thirties there.
2: Yeah, and like I said, we got snow today, so this
0: but is but all good. But we're going not talking
6: up. five. No, no five. Five for, like, three, four weeks, you know what I mean, where, like, life yeah. sucks. Mm-hmm. You go out, and you're like, uh, I, uh, no. Nah. No,
0: this has been a more than productive year on the fishing side of things. I mean, we've been real fortunate.
6: Definitely. And we're, we're yeah, we're just, we're buying time, man. We're just, it's February already. Like, my wife's like, winter's going to stick around. I'm like, no, it's not. We're just, we're just getting away with time here until it yeah. probably does do that for a too. Well, I was just too.
0: looking back through last year. I already fished, well, I only fished five days this year and every weekend th- so far. And I've already fished more than I did last year because of weather. It cut us off.
6: Yeah, There's last year was rough.
0: Yeah, it was blown out. So we couldn't even go.
6: Blown out or frozen.
0: We had a period of blowout too.
6: Mm. Man. Yeah, I went last year was stupid.
0: Mm-hmm. And got real real cold. Real cold.
6: I would hope our uh our River gives us a little bit more spring this year. I'm, I'm praying, ya, man. we, I know we really were talking right around the corner.
0: So. what did we get to fish that thing but nothing last year?
6: Well, if...
0: Four th- days, maybe?
6: Yeah. When, when the trout streams go down, I would like to, you know... Well, we're going to be fishing musky, but even go there. I'd With like Claypool. to fish muskie there. You know <laughs> what I mean? Because then, you know, you can kind of... In a big, bigger river that doesn't have a million fish, but mm-hmm. has some big, nice fish in it to float for them. Which I'll be, hopefully, I'll be rowing mark around <laughs> for for San Francisco's sake. Whatever. I don't really give a crap either way.
0: That'd be a fun place, though. I want to oh, hit sure. that. There's, I mean, we are, we've, I we know we've right said it. you uh, caught
6: that 20 inch smallmouth, dude, there's gotta be a couple there. There's, there, that's. There's no doubt there is.
0: That's the fish I want to get. That is like my staple muskie. I want one out of that river.
6: Mm-hmm. Me too.
0: And it might not be any different than any of the other ones I've caught out of any of the other places. But to me it is. <laughs> but it still came from there. hmm From our namesake
2: river. You know,
0: yeah. And I oh, think sure. that we've learned so much over the last few years, especially on the musky side of things. I think we can trial and error our way into moving fish in there now. I really do. There's going to be certain sections that, no, they're just we know we're not going to reside in that's why we take but it. But we know that.
6: That's why we take smallmouth or something yep. else. We're but out that, with that us. upper
0: portion of it in that whole flat water and then through where that 20 came until that next series starts, oh, boy, that's all good musky water. That we're going to hit pike water hard.
2: I think that big slow stretch where the car seat used to be is going to be where um, I said I where I said I said saw the dude in the, the life jacket yes. floating around. That, that stretch.
0: That my whole one, yep. It's just like a big lake right there, mm-hmm. you know? That's not far down from where the upper part we're talking. Yeah. yeah. Yep.
2: It's still in the same mm-hmm. upper float. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that that very well may. <coughs> After that, once we get to the back end of that, there ain't going to be a whole lot more water. I don't know if that big, big plunge pool there, or the plunge pool but that big,
2: right Ten where uh wood. the big concrete feature is
3: mm-hmm.
2: below that it like it necks down and then widens out mm-hmm. right above my favorite smallmouth spot mm-hmm.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: that big back eddy might hold them
6: or we're even right above you know the next large feature mm-hmm. right beside the large or feature even that, we're not that. Suppo- that we're not yeah. supposed to go over top of i bet yeah that's, but that's i bet deep. even down where, right where we take that's not what i was out. talking
0: i'm talking down where we take out though up from the bridge that whole section there that, the may. if they are getting stripers down there depending on the time of the year <coughs> no
2: no uh no i i know someone who's caught one or hooked one there
6: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> like right right there <laughs> maybe <laughs> could have been hey you never know they move a lot like we've talked and i like i like even from you know even from there to you know not too far from where we're at mhm or even halfway half that isn't bad but it sucks to take Chad's boat on half that i think it's
0: just something with that top part for us cuz we've we're yeah, so well familiar you, with yeah, it yeah i mean i now, like once we get one out of it i think it'll be like it'll be resolved then you know i think yeah. it feel a lot better once you get one out of it I, but it's, it's just not one of the places that we overly, really go to target muskie anymore.
6: And I think the only reason I like the lower search is because I moved to muskie on the fly there. Yeah. You know what I mean? The first one I ever moved on the fly, and, you know, it ate, and I just didn't know what the hell I was doing at all. <laughs> you know? Neither
2: and, one of us knew what
6: we were doing No, at no, time. this is five, six, seven years ago. I think that was before was. we started the podcast. Oh, yeah, well, before we started the podcast. And, so, you know, so, didn't, you know, I didn't know as much as, you know, we'd think we know now or what you would have done now and the way you would have ate it or the way you would have, you know, tried to manipulate the fish a little more than, you know, just oh, my God, your heart rush and bad. I still would do the same exact thing on yours. Jay,
2: put that fucking rod in the water right now and figure out that motherfucker.
6: Yeah, <laughs> you, know? you know, oh, sure, sure. Chad was yelling at me at the top of my lungs, at the top of his lungs. And, you know, I was getting a little, I got a little worked up. But It's like seeing a good size fish. Like, oh, uh, it was probably about 36. It was a flash. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea how big the fish it wasn't, was. It wasn't huge. But good fish. Yeah. You know? Enough to, you know, pucker my butt cheeks for a second. Especially, you know, out of the middle of nowhere, and you don't think you're going to see anything musky or unicorns, and Chad's been fishing around here for him forever, and you're never going to see one. And, yeah. I saw one in that, that same float uh,
2: on a 4th of July weekend with my wife when we were kayaking. I had one follow up to the
0: side of the boat. I honestly but, think with the way the catch and release is now and how well they're being conserved, I think it's only going to keep getting better and better and better here. Uh, <coughs> We've got a good musky fishery around us.
6: That Well, that, and even all through that bottom section has all those, uh, the creek mouths too. You can fish all the creek mouths. Mm-hmm. I think in the spring it would be, that would be a place to go because... I know they push up in at least a couple of them. They oh, yeah. To. There's no fucking way they don't. <laughs> no way. No way in hell. That
2: one that went behind my, o- my old house, at least from th- the river to the bridge, has to have something pushing up
0: into it.
6: I don't like it.
0: That's a huh. transfer. What the heck this is? It's <laughs> <That's> terrible.
6: <laughs> <laughs> it, it was voted you know, the
2: worst song of all time.
6: We we uh you know, I've seen c we've talked about it on here but seen a baby little small fish and Jace is saying fish out of a couple other creeks. I so. stepped
2: on one or I stepped down and had one shoot out from when I was cart fishing back on that creek.
6: That's the I think that's the one they do it is the most successful because of the way it's laid out.
0: Well you we also should get some pike up in that though too.
6: I don't them doubt. Are natural. Yeah, I don't doubt that either.
0: Yeah, you definitely would be getting them in there.
6: You'd go have to go earlier. Yeah, find them. We should yeah. be in there in February. I and try my best. Be mm-hmm. like, well, they'll be staging. It depends on the water temps.
0: I mean, if oh well you're thirty, they'll, they'll thirty-eight. Stage, if you're thirty-eight to forty.
6: That's when they'll be spawning, but they're going to stage to the to the amount of light in the, the day. They stage on amount of light, or they'll make their move to where they want to be. Yeah. And then. On water temp, they'll make the act. So.
2: What's that called? Photogenic,
6: I think. I don't
2: know. Cause photo is the amount of light. I'm photogenic, Chad. No, Especially you're not, Chad. you're just nods, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna make me spit my coffee on my dashboard. If you
6: could. I, you know, it's, I think that's when we like find you know different years where fishing might have been better or worse. You if you can get years where the water temp maybe will hold out on fish, but the light has moved, it. you know what I mean? The cold holds out on maybe in the, you know, the, where the muskie haven't spawned it. You'll get more fish in one generalized area, you know, and, they'll well, and
0: you know, the nice instead part, of being
6: a little more open.
0: Like with this year, and I mean, by no stretch I'm ever going to be able to put any total pieces of the puzzle together, but going consistently week after week after week sure. in actually taking the time to learn a place rather than just kind of like bopping around here, there, there, trying this, trying that, doing this seen a major change in just a lot of the same exact water you know depending on temperature and flows and how you fish and how you change in a way that you do and it's been you've been able to actually finally see like at least getting responses from what you do and how you change up to it it's you never really were able to get before so i mean a winter like this has really allowed to kind of tinker and play and now it's like it built confidence for other things because now I knew what it takes to try to move that fish in a couple of different scenarios. So if I'm like out on the lake and I'm trying something, now I've got multiple things I'm, like, I can try and use because it's been effectively working. Now, granted, I know it's a little different situation, but still, but still different, it'll translate it's different tactics that give you confidence. So you're always trying, and you can try many different tactics through there. So, I mean, that's, it definitely has benefited
6: a lot. You being in the cat and mouse with them a lot lately has
0: that figure eight I was getting a lot of
6: confidence. Well in. It, yeah, if you get a fish closer to the boat, you know what I mean, you'll have just mm-hmm. that many more experiences under your belt to make the right decision when it comes down to maybe that fifty sitting there mm-hmm. and, and the eight and you're trying to fool the one that you know, that doesn't it doesn't hurt to be you know, just out there all the time and learning and get playing that cat and mouse. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>
0: no, there's been a lot of fish in the D 8 lately, and it's been nice to learn from them. Because everyone's a little different. That one yesterday, I know looking back on I should have slowed down. I went too fast. It was too cold. I went too fast for that fish. And I could have gotten to eat better than rather than trying to lunge for it if I'd have slowed down a little bit more. Because was, I was going a little too quick for it. Every time I kind of slowed it a little bit, that's when the fish would lunge to eat it little things like that you learn. I mean, it's when you don't catch a fish or you screw up on one that's when you really should be. I mean, the days you don't catch fish should be the days that you leave there learning more than you ever have. I mean, because there's, I mean, there's a reason why you didn't, and wh- what can you change to make it right? And we've been fortunate enough to be able to have a winter that's allowed us to do that. And oh yeah, felt nice d- to capitalize this year.
6: Even in my situation, I went out yesterday and didn't catch fish, but I had a great time hanging out just. Chilling with pops and you know get some exercise, but I think I could have made different decisions. We would have been sitting in a raft. After I looked at things, you know what I mean. But mm-hmm. you know, you make the you you don't know because there's nowhere to go off of, and just kind of throw a dart in the side of you know and hope and wish, and you're like, ah, well, it's gonna at least be a good time walking around. But and 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 hindsight's always fifty-fifty, so you know. Twenty twenty. Oh yeah. No, no it's fifty fifty.
3: Um <coughs> so <laughs> uh, <laughs> look,
2: wait. Hey, before you say anything, look outside. There's no fucking snow. No, it's melted. It's forty five degrees again. God damn it. I wouldn't take your raft down the down the west or, uh, Sacred Heart. That
0: literally is melting that quick. It is ridiculous. We had two inches of snow this morning. We woke oh, up. Yeah. It's almost all gone right now.
6: But so, you know, I, I, you know you live in there, I, sh- I probably just should have said, hey, we're just going to take the raft, old man.
0: Well, the good part is, is over years and years of doing this in our own little area, we're going to dial it in after a while. We're going to know right where to go, when to go, and everything.
6: Oh sure. But like
2: Pogo said, he has seven spots in his back pocket
0: for every day. We
2: got to get seven spots. But oh my for, God,
0: that's but for, for an area like here, though.
2: But for Western Pennsylvania, seven spots for how many different varieties of fish
0: that we're chasing
2: oh. you know what i mean
0: you can legitimately put seven to ten spots for every variety of fish you want in your
2: exactly life. that's what i want to get uh talk to you about is the variety of species mm-hmm. because you've been <clears throat> solely musky oriented for the last year and a half <clears throat> jay and i have done we've stretched our legs out and went brook trout fishing uh we all smallmouth fish yeah uh, Mouth,
0: I mean Yeah, I've broken off for smallmouth and stripers, and stripers just but absolutely th- kick my hind end.
2: You only do stripers on the lake. There's mm-hmm. there's so many other places we can go striper fishing. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just you. There's so many different spots, and we gotta just focus in on what is the best spot for the best time of year, and for each different fish that we're chasing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
6: Yeah, I, I like all of it. I think it's, everything's fun. I don't know. I, I'm going to be musky fishing here in a few weeks. Yeah, I mean, exactly. But i you're saying, there's so, the tough mu- part about so like much like variety in this this
2: part
0: oh, of the area. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculously oh good. Gosh, I mean, there's do even, do. even, like, look at how many places, I mean, before I get off subject on that, but, but look how many places that you can, like, just walk in, like, stupid little places. Like the one that I've taken you guys into where you drop down over the hill, and there's a little creek right there that we walked up into, caught smallmouth in there. Mm-hmm. Little places like that, um, you can just kind of get wandered off and find different fish. But, I mean, I think one of the tough things is, though, with, like, summer, I mean, you're right, there's many different places you can, but you, like, you do so much walking and wading through this time of the year, drifting, you know, that time of the year, it's nice to get out on the boat. So, Mm -hmm. you're trying to spend some time out there. So, I mean, yeah, we haven't quite gotten the lakeside. I mean, it was nice you finally hooked one up last year. I think that would be our better option of consistently getting into wipers is doing, like, where we were there. But, mm-hmm. no, the consistent <laughs> place to do it is on the river. Yeah. And, and then again, I mean, yeah, yes, capture. you're going to catch more. You're subject to an 80-yard spot.
6: So. Two 80-yard spots. <laughs>
0: and I'm just saying, there's nothing, I'm not saying, I'm just, it, it's it's a different change. So if you want to fish like that one night, yeah, that's a good variety to go. Or if you want to spend an evening out on a boat, I mean, you can imagine there's times you want to go. Then yeah. you have an option to go there. Yeah, if you're looking to go whack one, you don't you don't want to go for a ride and get the boat ready, perfect. Go down there. Yeah. But if it's a night, to, yeah, you want to take the boat, yeah. I mean there's multiple varieties you can do for something like that. But I get what I you're like saying, it. though. I yeah. like it on the option,
6: yeah. like if you do or if you do the river flow, it's 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 an option for a I think Yours is time. perfect
0: for if it's like, hey, let's go out, beautiful. If we're if we're setting something up a few days in, hey, let's get the boat out this week and do it. That's where going and doing something like where he caught his is perfect. Yeah, but I'm I'm just
2: saying, on our regular river float, let's say March April, we can catch pike. April May we catch smallmouth through yeah. August, hybrids the whole time, muskie some
6: of the times. You know, I just, like there's it, so much variety. If our, there's if always
0: largemouth in there too.
6: If our river gives the right conditions. To see to see what the the hybrids do in the springtime is unreal. Like you can you can catch them like up in... like I'm talking they're all in fast water, and you can find them like wanting to spawn like acting. They're not gonna spawn because they're hybrids, but they're acting like they are. They're acting like they want to. What's the stocking and they're like going on for 15, pounders?
2: I uh, I don't know the answer to that. I heard possible they should. Should have been published by now if it's gonna happen in twenty,
0: right? Yeah, I don't, I
2: don't know. You would think. It w- I would think, yeah. But uh I know it's back on the list to get
6: stocking done. I just, I really gotta don't see, to see when. The That's trout. the only fish that really is gonna be hurt. I mean, they don't need to. The the thing about the river is like, you know, I, I the, think that they, they, don't they need should, to stock it with trout. I know. I think what well, they really should the do the with it, in my
0: opinion, is make a one exception. And stock it with wipers, nothing else. Leave it alone. And muskies. Them smallmouths of muskies. Yeah, <laughs> but then uh, you make one exception. Make it for the wipers to clean the shad. Yeah, oh the I agree. Oh, Although I don't disagree. Yeah, make it, it for amazing. them a hundred yes. times out of a hundred. Yes. But like, let's take that lake that I've beat my head against the wall. Guess what their game plan is? It isn't to stock wipers. They're gonna up the muskie numbers. Mm-hmm. They're gonna keep stocking more muskies. Because right now, after 30 years, Pymie's got to a one-to-one ratio. That's a one shad per hour on a catch rate. But they're they still at seven
6: to nine at, w- at this lake. But they don't and have those there. They don't have the hybrids there, right? At Pyme? No. Hmm. I didn't no. think so. No, that's they have why they're, That's why yeah. they're
0: trying to maintain and keep it without having to go with a hybrid option. Yeah. Once it goes in, I mean, they take... They they do they're gonna take they're gonna eat everything else and that's what they want to keep away from but they do do what they're supposed to do they eat a ton of shad why don't they go tiger muskie option could be because the lifespan is usually the number one thing they're more expensive and they only live eight to ten years so that's the tough part you go with a purebred bread they eat so your, much more they, they do eat a lot more but you're gonna get an extra ten years out of a purebred. Okay. It's gonna live a lot longer, so that's that's been a lot of the beef why a lot of the places have quit in PA stock and tiger muskies is as a cost and they just don't live long enough. But they do, they rapidly and they don't reproduce. They don't reproduce. There's not even a chance for it. Yeah. But that was it. Everything I've been seeing, and there's another one too that we haven't hit on in a long time. They started filling it last year. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be in the in a few years when it's going. Mm-hmm. That was one of the premier muskie and pike lakes there was around here,
6: and then. Shot it was oh, yeah. pike as well? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they'll reintroduce both fish oh, yeah. or all the natural they're fish. Gonna they're gonna, gonna start gonna with your
0: what? pan fish and then are gonna move to the bass and then are gonna move to the muskie.
2: So when we're when we're seventy, it'll be back to its
6: previous glory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then we'll be yeah. You're right. But hey, at least they that's the progress. You have to you have to I mean, at this you have to make the start sometime or it won't ever be. Exactly. At this point when
0: I'm mid 40s, which 12 to 14 years from now is when we'll, we'll finally see some good, good big ones. in. Well, now.
2: when do they start? When are they going to start stocking muskie in there?
0: Probably this year. Oh, they are?
2: Mm-hmm.
6: Okay. Yeah.
2: So we won't be 70. We'll be 50.
6: <laughs> even, <laughs> even better. We might be able to hold it.
0: Yeah. Lake should be full, I think they said, by April. Then we'll start with the panfish, hopefully by the end of the year. Maybe have muskie rolling into it. Okay. Cool. 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 Yep. So, yeah, I mean, we can go up there and be a place like the one we head to up north. It's n- it's not going to be a far ride. It's 45 minutes for us. But it'll be like that place. We can go up there, and, you know, if we want a day that we know we're going to see fish and have a lot of activity, it's probably going to be a perfect place to go. Four or five years, you're going to be able to go there and probably see three, four, five, mid-30s, to low 30-inch fish. But you're not going to go there and catch a giant.
6: It's not going to happen. So, Chad, we're planning to float. After after Mark wins, we're going to we have to uh, – the three of us are going to go because you're, you're going to have to heckle the loser the whole oh, time. yeah. It's I mean, mean you are, we, we have
2: not this had float.
0: enough of the three of us float lately, so, so we got to get some more of this you going. You
6: know, whether it be, you know, one creek pretty close to the other creek, we want to float maybe. If if Mark wins, it's the next section of the creek we floated last time. No. If I, if I win, I win. Oh, yeah, the top end. Of it, yeah, I shouldn't have put that – I mean – we should do the uh, that other float I just talked about too oh soon. Oh man, is it good I'm, right
0: now? I'm in too. Man. Look at it, seven forty.
6: Really? That's perfect. We could catch we could catch uh, smallmouth at seven forty. We could catch muskie too. You're right. Mm-hmm. So Jay, uh, we we did
2: something on. Oh yeah, we did on Tuesday night or Wednesday
6: night. Yes, we did. Yeah, Chad and I. Uh, you know what? Chad's a hell of a construction worker, or a floor putter. In her, we had to install a floor. So, so this is how this happens. Chad and I's wife's boss, uh, owner, of, owner of the salon, is what? I mean, she's she's thirty.
2: Yeah, maybe thirty-three.
6: Yeah, tops. So, you know, we're not gonna ask an older woman like her. To get down on her hands and knees and put in a floor as much as she wants to. It well, takes We it, might ask her. It takes <laughs> it takes, it takes
0: it takes tools. It takes tools. Wait, no, I'm still getting onto the older woman like her comment.
6: Just saying, you know, like I'm not She's gonna younger ask younger than you. I'm not gonna ask my I'm not gonna ask my mother to get on her hands and knees and install a floor.
0: You said she was 30 to 33. I, I,
6: every Here, woman is 30, for God's sakes. You can't ask a woman her age. No. What's wrong She's with you, 30. Mark? <laughs> so, I mean, but you know what I mean. I'm, okay. I'm back. not going to ask. I'm not going to ask. We're not going to. She how? I, she wanted me to tell her how to do this floor. Explain to me oh, how to okay, do this okay, floor. Okay. I'm I like, got in the you. Time now now gonna, okay, it all makes sense. Okay. And now, in the time that it's going to take me to explain to her how to do said floor correctly, I could do the floor with Chad for two cases of beer, and ta-da, it's done. So And done nicely. Yeah, and done perfectly. You know, you're not questioning anything. <clears throat> and it it was tough because it was a little tough because uh, it had a rubber base, like, um, you know, just a regular three-inch rubber base, you know. And so you had to pull up the bottom of the rubber base, and we're just going to slide it underneath it because we're going to ta- take it off. And, man, we... we we kicked it out pretty quick. It wasn't too bad. You know, I. I, it was I uh, two and a half hours. I jacked. Start till finish. I jacked, and this is me kind of working slow and being angry. But I uh, brought, every, brought on my stuff from work. Thank gosh for Bruce. Bruce said, Do you take everything you need to do that? I said, Thank you. You <laughs> I mean, made sure I was, you know, we weren't going into this blind. It does. It takes a little bit of tools. I asked my wife when she wanted to do it by herself. It's like, Does she have a floor cutter? Does she have this? Does she have a we had to rip pieces, so I had to use uh my finger. I didn't have a I didn't take a table saw because I can't put it in my car. I so I took a hand, you know, just a regular rip saw or just a whatever. A skill saw. saw. Yeah, skill saw, circular saw. And uh oh, I love the DeWalt. Oh the DeWalt you know, battery powered ones. Oh, they're amazing. To take that thing, it would peel me. It would peel me with stuff. I would close my eyes, put my finger on the guard. To run me down the side of the... For measurement. Yeah, for measurement. For the side, of, you know, to run me down the side of it. The, oh, man, it was. Just, I just closed my eyes and just go. Chad would just be running it the whole way. He leaves my eyes the whole time.
2: We only hit the, the picnic table once. Yeah, we, we only hit <laughs> the picnic table one time.
6: Yeah, you using a picnic table as a, a sawhorse. So she said, I don't smoke. I don't go out there. I don't care. It's perfect. <laughs> Sounds good to me. But yeah, it, it, it didn't go bad. Chad's a great helper. I mean, I did it for quite a while. Yeah. I remember. I know how shit goes. I mean, I know he saw me he did a lot of the work at the house with me too, and so he got to see me in my in in my doing my thing. Hanging cabinets was not my thing, but no. <laughs> everything else was. No, the cabinets look awesome. <laughs> they look amazing now. <laughs> after we went through it for a few hours. But uh you know, that that floor I do flooring pretty quick and easy and it's not hard to do, so it was that used to be my favorite thing to do as well. Yeah, it was painless. Pop, 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 and that that uh, it's uh, the wood, you know, the tongue and groove wood, like laminate flooring that everybody uses f- everywhere pretty much mm-hmm. now. And that's us I don't know. We'll see in twenty years how durable it was. I bet it. I mean, it seems pretty pretty damn durable. The way that they make laminate and uh, linoleum, whatever it is, flooring now. Is pretty awesome. That's what I put in my house, but it's like a you know the tile, and that stuff's, I mean it's, it's expensive as hell, but <coughs> man, it doesn't crack. It you know you could bang it with a hammer, it doesn't make any marks. It's it's great.
2: It's waterproof.
6: Yeah. yeah, and you put grout in it, as far as the stuff I did, but that the tongue and groove, yeah, it's all waterproof as well. Seems like good stuff. It mm-hmm. w- it was fun. Chad Chad and I got to have I got to drink beer while I was doing it. She had cold beers for me and stuff. That was awesome. And she bought us two cases, you know, a case each of beer. I've been hammering on mine.
2: I haven't touched mine yet. Or no, I, I drank one of them last night. He, Mark he, drank three of them the other night.
6: My <laughs> wife said she felt bad that she bought you beer when she didn't know you weren't drinking beer. Said it'll get drank. Oh, I said, <laughs> he, he's not going to not drink beer forever. I, I know Chad. It was, at that point, it was just
2: like six days. But who was counting? <laughs> this is going to be short-lived.
6: <laughs> so do we have anything else we want to hit on? No, man.
0: I think we covered it all. It was oh. a fun morning one. We haven't done one of these in a while.
6: Just one quick thing, man. You know, we didn't talk about last a sports thing. Hold, hold on. Uh, yeah. L- let's do this then.
2: Let's, let's preface it with this.
6: Yeah. Go for it.
4: Dear basketball, from the moment I started rolling my dad's tube socks and shooting imaginary game-winning shots in the Great Western Forum, I knew one thing was real. I fell in love with you. A love so deep, I gave you my all, from my mind and body. My spirit and soul. As a six year old boy, deeply in love with you, I never saw the end of the tunnel. I only saw myself running out of one. And so I ran. I ran up and down every court after every loose ball for you. You asked for my hustle gave you my heart, because it came with so much more, I played through the sweat and the hurt, not because challenge called me, but because you called me, I did everything for you. Because that's what you do when someone makes you feel as alive as you've made me feel. You gave a six-year-old boy his a dream, and I'll always love you for it. But I can't love you obsessively for much longer. This season is all I have left to give. My heart can take the pounding. My mind can handle the grind. But my body knows it's time to say goodbye and that's okay. I'm ready to let you go. I want you to know now, so we both can savor every moment we have left together. The good and the bad. We have given each other all that we have. And we both know, no matter what I do next, I'll always be that kid with the rolled up socks, garbage can in the corner, Five seconds from the clock. Ball in my hands. Five.
0: that's what you're talking about yeah that's definitely a tragedy there that man that's a tough one you Now, for all of us we've kind of watched him from the time he was like coming out of high school the whole way through so I mean this is someone that we followed for 20 plus years and had a lot of respect for it.
2: I root I personally rooted against Kobe every fucking time I was a Kings me fan me too I do I was too. always a Kobe fan I loved Allen Iverson you know, him ver, uh, him and Shaq versus the Sixers. Oh my God, I want Iverson
6: to win so bad. And you were a huge Kings fan as <laughs> yes, well. Yes, and, and Kings fan. Uh, I was listening. I was watching one of the games the other night, and it was uh, Marv Albert and uh, uh, your boy Chris Weber was doing yeah, the game. Yeah, buddy. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, Chris Weber talked about. You know. It, that was their hardest, the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers. Mike they, Bibby like, couldn't handle Kobe. Well, know? Mike, <laughs> yeah, that was a, he was a tough. I tell you, was tough to guard uh, either way. Vlade couldn't handle Shaq. You know, it, none <laughs> they of they were it. good. They had a – no. You guys had a gr- they had a great. Well, I was I'm a KG fan. Uh, KG was my he's been you know that's my favorite player maybe of all time. I mean, uh, I was a Jordan fan too when I was younger, and uh, but man, Kobe was Jordan, damn near like. Mm-hmm. Phil Groom, the he same player, games. and, like, the way he walked, the clothes he wore. I watched this thing the other night. I was telling Mark, it was, uh, uh, it was them, uh, the Lakers in 2009, versus uh, Tim Duncan and the Spurs. Andrew <coughs> Nobly, you know, the whole squad. And uh, <coughs> he was, it was a Spike Lee film, and it was on ESPN. without without, uh, no, they did it without commercials. Awesome. So that he it, he was actually behind the film at watching it after com- like commentating on everything, and they were they were following him through the whole like they would follow him coming down watching him like on the back line a lot of times like sitting down low watching what the offense their offense was doing and calling out what the other players on his team for defense should have been switch switch yelling out switches for other people that weren't you know what I mean that he wasn't even in the pick and roll with you know and. Man, was he a commander, a leader on the team? And just like, man, like just to watch that. And then it actually went through. They showed him at half time in halftime in, in the uh, locker room after game, leave with both of his kids. And uh, they watched him pull away in the car. Oh, weird here. But, you know, and they were doing the thriller with his daughter and all this stuff. And like to see the dad too right after the game, like the intensity that he had in the game, like focus and like the way he was. But then as soon as he was done, when he got in the car and around his kids, it was boom, dad mode. Mm-hmm. You know, and that man it was it was a really well put together video. It was awesome. Awesome. I was glad I watched it. And if
2: uh if anyone wants to hear what people like on the inside thought about him, <laughs> listen to Monday's episode of the Shaq the big podcast with Shaq. Uh when Jay and I were putting up Lauren, I sat in the the parking lot for probably 15 20 minutes before I came in. Just listen to what Shaq had to say about Kobe. So, it it gives a little behind the scenes that they weren't as much beef as everyone thought they were.
0: Yeah, because Emerald two were always seen as not well, you know, not, not the same. well light, but it seemed like they just butted heads and didn't get along as much. You can, you there know, were two
6: alphas.
2: You, can you know, run, it's yeah, hard to have oh,
6: two, yeah. two big personalities. Yeah. And and that switching of the, you know, the handing of the, like, torch, because Shaq was losing that a little then, and I uh, I bet it was hard for him to reach down and say, "Mm, okay, here it is, guy, you Mm -hmm. know, and give it off to you know who he knew Mm -hmm. was going to be the best guy. You know, the first two championships we'll say Shaq, and then the last three were probably Kobe, right? No, Shaq said he couldn't have won them without Kobe. Well, sure, sure. It takes it takes. Yeah. There's always a Scotty to a Michael, or a, you know, <laughs> yep. your cream of Dolce bars to your Magics, and your you know, your. It, it doesn't take one guy. There's no your one Shaq's man to do, do it. <laughs> yeah, there's no one guy that's ever gonna do it. So you always got it's always got to be a good team effort. And the second three two with Kobe, man, he had he didn't have a Shaq. He had good players. I mean, Paul Gasol at that time he was... He Rick Fox. Dude, he had Paul Gasol. Paul Gasol was playing at his prime in his life then, too. That was when they showed Derek that video. Fisher
0: was always clutch.
6: They showed his shots. I hate shots. that guy. Oh, man. It was As a Kings fan, I hate oh. Derek Fisher. Robert Horry, dude. Oh, God. Robert the Ory shots he hit and coming in there.
0: That's right. They did get Ori at the end.
6: Oh, yeah. Well, they even put that late run together, and How I about think that they run losing. they didn't end up winning. Yeah, yeah with, with Peyton with and Malone. Yeah, Malone. And yeah, I was just gonna say that they put Ma- Peyton Malone on that team to try to get them to want a championship, <laughs> and I forget who the hell they lost to. One, well, San Antonio or Dallas? Maybe it's probably San Antonio. Dallas. I know Dallas. The ones they won were uh, that was against was it Miami? Yeah, because they had LeBron. <laughs> I don't know, man. I watched the NBA. You know me. I'm a basketball fan. It's my favorite sport. I love football, but I love basketball. I don't think there was, I don't know if there's ever a better offensive player than him. Overall, I mean, you could say Will Scoring, Chamberlain, yeah. but Will Chamberlain was a giant who scored 100 points in a game. He was a, he was a giant, a, giant a guy. A true scorer. MJ. I, I'm, I'm talking like a guy who could honor. He on still didn't no, come up with him. No, no. MJ. MJ, yeah. MJ, equivalency-wise,
0: no. but no, he still didn't, number-wise, no. no, he could not compete
6: with Kobe. Kobe could shoot the three better. Kobe, that's honestly, uh, an, uh, I, don't, I think Kobe, not cons- consistency, was, there was all, I think it was all the same. They were pretty similar, but Kobe could honestly shoot from outside, I think, a little better than Michael could. I don't know, man. MJ's the GOAT. Uh, never scored 81 points in a game. Didn't need to. <clears throat> <At> least... <laughs> I'm just saying. He scored 63. He tried. Not like he didn't try to score a bunches. <laughs> and and in a, in a time when you could actually double-team and weird, oddly double-team, now when Kobe did it, when Michael did it, you either had to double-team or not double-team because they had illegal defense. So, the like, the double team had to either go towards you because if he played in the middle, he could get called for illegal defense if he kind of wandered. It, there was no zone or anything in the 90s. And, you know, they switched all that. Now you could play anything you want in the NBA again for, I don't know, it's been the last, what, 10 so, or years. But now in his time, Kobe's time, you, you, people could have double teamed you, faded off and kind of, you know, triple teamed, surrounded, kind of guarded off on you, and he still did it. So... The only thing against the Jordan not doing it was they played a little harder defense in the 90s. Mm. You had your guys that were even you your, your, Pistons. Your, yeah, your, four, well your fours that were bruisers. You know, your guys that you know, didn't even really score that much, but just were there for just to clobber somebody and pick up rebounds and fouls. But, you know, eh, Kobe played in that a little bit. He was 96. 96 he got drafted. At 17 years old, the youngest guy to ever get drafted in the NBA. And they're doing not doing it out of high school anymore, right? No. So he'll,
2: one,
3: he'll one he done. will be
0: the <coughs> the youngest guy ever, right? I, I yeah, don't, I don't know point. if he still was,
6: but uh, LeBron w- some um, was point eighteen. Some see it going away again. I don't know. Depends on what they do with all this paying the athlete and the it's college to thing.
0: a bunch the compensation <laughs> figures out. but
6: yep. Amazing. I and mean, one of the a few people that could actually do it and not fumble along the way. There have only been a couple that didn't need that little bit of college to get them through to the next level. Aren't many. But KG was the same way, right? KG, mm-hmm. LeBron, him. There, there are a few, but none to ever Sean turn out Kemp. like. Not, yeah, but even him. But he, Sean just, Kemp, he just had 45 kids and, and ended up being a douche. At least the rest of them true. are going to be in the one championships and are going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, good point. He's up for the Hall of Fame this year, too, and I'm sure it'll be pff, the most unanimous thing of all time. Absolutely. Oh, they had they had another stat on him the other night, what, like fourteen or I, I don't know the exact number, but in the teens on d- all defensive teams as well. Mm-hmm. Like These are great damn, near <laughs> damn near his whole career. Damn near his whole career, except for maybe when he was real young. but he was in the league for over twenty years.
0: Mm-hmm. Twenty on a
6: button.
0: Twenty total.
6: So I'm gonna take his word for it. <laughs> no, I it was a long time.
0: Yeah. Do
2: we have anything else we want to? Hit no, that's it. This evening? No. Nope. Yeah.
0: This right. morning. Yeah, this morning. We didn't get to afternoon yet. Is it <laughs> noon? Uh, uh, oh, it's yeah. two.
2: Holy shit! It's what? It's 1.30. 1.30. Holy shit! Really? Yeah, man. Well, we've
0: been at this for a while.
2: So tonight's show brought to us by Predator Fly Gear. Check them out: at predatorflygear.com.
0: A Rex Hooks. A Rex Hooks.com.
2: Sims Fishing found allsdorf genetic check them out at all er, at urbanflycompany.com
0: and why not fishing check out their app, to the
2: yeti built for the wild yeah a rex hooks man check them out they're the best a RexHooks.com.
3: hooks.com and if you want these
1: understood that Hollywood sells Did you shut it
3: off? Hey, I-